It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, UN investigator issues critical Yarlswood report. Man charged with attack on pregnant woman and council under fire over Luton survey. BBC Three Counties Radio. The United Nations investigator wants an independent examination into how women are treated at Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after being denied access. Rashida Manju has issued a report looking at how well the UK deals with violence against women. More from Jessica Rashida Manju told the Human Rights Council in Geneva that she tried to get inside the immigration centre during a visit to the UK but wasn't allowed. The Home Office have said a tour of the centre was never agreed. Her report now calls for an independent examination to look at how women are treated. It comes just a week after another report by the Independent Monitoring Board raised concerns about the health care of detainees. A man has been charged with child destruction and causing grievous bodily harm with intent following an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in Peckham in South London. The victim, named in reports as Bedfordshire University graduate Mallory Bantala, lost her baby and is in hospital in intensive care. Kevin Wilson, who is 20, will appear at a magistrate's court later today. People living in Luton are accusing the council of covering up the truth about a survey of the town which still hasn't been published almost two years on. The Perceptions of Luton survey to identify any negative perceptions was carried out in October 2013. More from Tony Fisher. Residents of the town say the people of Luton have spoken and the authority doesn't like what was said, hence the delay. One councillor, Lib Dem David Franks, is threatening to make a formal complaint if he isn't given a full explanation of what's going on. After we contacted the council, it said the report's findings are anticipated in the coming days and it hopes to discuss them in the near future. 17 people have been arrested on suspicion of immigration offences after a lorry driver flagged down a police car on the M1 in Bedfordshire yesterday after hearing noises in the back of the lorry. Police escorted the lorry to Kempston where the men were arrested. An investigation is ongoing. Roadworks have started being put in place for the construction of Junction 11A on the M1 in Bedfordshire. It will create a direct link with the A5 north of Dunstable and is due to be completed at the start of 2017. Andrew Salou, the Conservative MP for South West Bed, says the promise of better transport links is already benefiting the area. We're already seeing uh, big employers uh, giving us a, a thumbs up moving into the area. Amazon, for example, have announced 500 new jobs uh, in, in Dunstable starting over the next few months and I think we'll see many more new businesses like coming in partly as a result of this, these new roads. The Archbishop of Canterbury is beginning a three-day visit to Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire today. Justin Welby's tour of the St Albans Diocese starts in Luton this morning. In sport, England's cricketers achieved their highest ever one-day run chase to beat New Zealand by seven wickets at Trent Bridge and level the series at two-all. And England have qualified for the second round of the Women's World Cup after a 2-1 win over Colombia. They will face Norway in the next stage. The weather, dry and sunny, feeling less humid than yesterday, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Thank you Simon, morning guys Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio Here we go, we can work on that, we can work on that guys Let's just see if this guy's working Yes it is Welcome home, Sadiq. Welcome home. I'll explain a bit more, but we need a little bit of your help with the Stetson. I'll explain in a bit. Oh, no, what the heck? I'm going to explain now. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, so, uh, in the move from... um, 
Where the hell did we used to be? Um, uh, uh, Letchworth? It, it's somewhere like that. Yeah. In the move from there to here, sunny, beautiful Dunstable, where there's always uh, a drunk on a park bench. And a squirrel in a bin. Morning! Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is, and that's got to be respected because Dunstable embraces alternative lifestyles. <laughs> Um, we're in the move, okay? You know how all the clips and all the bits and pieces and all the noises and, and um, uh, things like this? Knockers are better. You had all of that, right? Um, and, well, in the move, I was responsible for transporting them and I, I must have left my boots slightly open or they, they fell out of my car. I lost a lot of them. I've got some of them. For example, I've got... Uh, so boobs is not new. I've got that. Is Thank that sounding okay? Because I can make that louder. I could, I could do the little bit more you want a bit, volume you want a, on that, yeah. Let's just try. So boobs is not new. Happy now? Absolutely. Okay. The thing is, so we've got some we've got some classics. Obviously, we've got uh, <laughs> got that, but we've lost a load as well. We have lost a headload of not, the the clips. Not the bee in the bazooka. We've lost the bee in the bazooka. Oh. Um, we've lost all of your clips, Kath. What so a shame. Kelly, if you could just keep an ear out for Kath. Well, basically, any time she opens her mouth, just clip a bit of it because it'll be dumb. Ready? Okay, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. We need to put a microphone near Kelly as You've well. You still got square, haven't you? No, <gasps> no. And I'm suspicious of that because she was responsible for some of those. I know we can get that back though. Surely it's if, on the podcast. If you've never listened before, this is a bit in, isn't it? Well, it's down the rabbit hole, guys. So we can be like this for the first hour. Basically, we've lost a load of clips. So what I need, and please, please don't tell the Daily Mail, Ofcom, or my boss, or um, Terry Hall. Not Terry Hall. He's from the specials. Tony Hall. He's from the BBC. We need to fake those clips. Morning to all of those guys if you're listening. But good morning Terry Hall from the specials particularly. Yeah. Um, so we need to fake all of those clips. So 03459 455 555. I've not got it wrong once. You're Thank so special. You. Kelly hasn't got a microphone yet. We might get her one for her birthday. 03459 four, Yeah. When is it? Oh, I can't hear me. You haven't got a microphone. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. We need people to phone up and fake the clips, okay? Otherwise, we ain't got nothing.
Morning, guys. Ian Lee, a BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a UN investigator is calling for an independent uh, examination into how women are treated at Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire. Rashida Manju, the UN Special Rapporteur on Violence Against Women, came to the UK in April last year to compile a report looking at how well the UK deals with violence against women. She told the Human Rights Council in Geneva that she wasn't allowed inside Yarlswood on her visit. I regret that despite my repeated requests from the start of the mission, the government did not permit a visit to Yarlswood Immigration Removal Centre. In compliance with the Code of Conduct and the terms of reference governing official country visits, I attempted to visit the centre independently. However, I was denied entry and was informed by the centre's director that instructions had been received from a high-level authority to deny me entry to the premises. Well, the Home Office has said a tour of the centre was never agreed. Let's talk to Zrinka Brallo, director of the Migrant and Refugee Communities Forum. Good morning, Zrinka. Good morning. Uh, what do you think about Rashida Manju's report, particularly in relation to Yarlswood? I mean, if I was running Yarlswood, I would be ashamed of it, and I wouldn't want anyone to come in. And uh, Rashida was there in April last year, and she was denied entry in April last year. We've never heard the actual reason why she was not allowed in, because she repeatedly asked to go in, and she hasn't heard uh, the end of it. And then we've... we've um, seen reports that were published afterwards, interviews with women who were in Yarswood. So um, most of the campaigners and advocates who work on this issue and have been appalled for years have now proper evidence to show that women are treated really badly, um, apart from the basic denial uh, to access to justice, which means that most people who go in there, generally in immigration detention, don't have proper legal advice. And they're, in de- uh, they're detained indefinitely, which means that they go in and count up. They don't never know when they're going to go out um, because the decision to detain is made without due process. It's made for administrative convenience by civil servants. So all these issues are of concern. And then we've seen in undercover reporting by Channel 4 in March this year, what sort of actual treatment uh, women who are detained are exposed to. Um, and it's absolutely appalling practice. It's, um, it's you know, sh- shameful practice, and it makes no sense, even from the point of view of the government, um, in terms of that it's not working. It's very costly, and more than half of detainees are released back into the community, and when once when they find legal advice, they manage to stay in this country. You've been in there, is that right, Zrinka? Um, I've visited, yes. You've visited. What, what, yes. what, what's the atmosphere like in there? It's very, I mean, first of all, it's like prison. You know, it's, you go in, you cannot get out. <laughs> you know, let's face it. The reason why we call them detention centres is because they're worse than prisons, because people are there without knowing why they're there and how long they're going to stay there and without having access to justice in the same way that prisoners have. 
there's uh, there's very little independent oversight and accountability. I mean, this is a company, private company that runs this place for profit. It, you know, it costs 100 pounds per day to keep person in detention. So at this very day, it's going to cost us 40,000 pounds to keep people in there. And then people um, in detention in general are, are very um, distressed. Um, they're desperate, they're depressed, and there is evidence to show that those who go into detention and stay less than 28 days come out pretty much with the same mental health problems they went in. But everyone who stays longer, and as I said, that's more than half of the people who are detained, they come out, come out with new mental health problems, and many are on suicide watch and self-harming. So we are creating more problems for for the individuals, for their families, and for ourselves as a society. Zrinka, what would you like to see happen? Well, with Yarswood in particular, I'd like it to close down because we all have to ask ourselves, is it really worth it spending so much money keeping these women locked up? What are we achieving as a country? Are we all feeling safer because these women are out of our site and our society today. And then what we need to think about is that what are the alternatives? Because I'm not arguing for, oh, let's open borders and let's everybody in. Because clearly we have an immigration system that will always require somebody to leave the country. But if you look at the alternatives and cross-party parliamentary inquiry did this, we can have reporting centers, which we already have, and a much cheaper alternative where people can regularly report. Um, and that can be done on a weekly or monthly basis and at the cost of a travel card. And then there are also other alternatives that we use using a criminal justice system like, like tagging, which are you know, much cheaper mm. and safer. And we're not exposing women in this particular case to um, gender-based violence and state is not condoning them. And this is what Rashida was saying, is that women are being treat treated badly and um, and they're being sexually abused. And, and th this is all done. Why? What exactly we're we achieving with this? Zrinka, listen, I have to move on. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Zrinka Brello, Director of the Migrant and Refugee Communities Forum. 03459 555555 is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to, guys. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 has been blocked towards London because of an accident between Junction 5 for Stoken Church and 4 for High Wycombe. That's because of a car hit the central reservation and has locked over, knocked over one of the street lamp columns. It also means that two lanes are closed northbound between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoken Church, and there are long queues in both directions. On the M25, that's also been closed clockwise at Junction 30 for Lakeside because of an accident, and there are four-mile queues building up on the approach there. Looking at the train departure though, boards, though, there's no reports of any delays at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Morning in Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It is oh, 6.15 in the morning on Thursday, the 18th of June. Let's get the headlines. A United Nations investigator wants an independent examination into how women are treated at Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after being denied access. 
A man's being charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. And people living in Luton are accusing the council of covering up the truth. You can't handle the truth about a survey of the town which still hasn't been published almost two years on. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. No, but there, ah, there, yes, smooth. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. The book is all about how you can use nature to make walking a detective game. There's no cost to spending um, ten minutes looking at all this stuff. Three mums from Hertfordshire have uh, got something a little bit different planned. Uh, this weekend they're walking the hundred kilometres. We've done lots of training and we're aiming to complete it within twenty-four hours. Nick Coffer. Is that a maze in front of your house? It's called a parterre. Oh, it's a parterre, <laughs> is it? I planted it myself with five hundred and forty plants, so I know it's a parterre. Award-winning uh, Milton Keynes sports journalist Mike Calvin has written Gareth Thomas's autobiography. I've got to think what you think, I've got to see what you see, I've got to hear what you hear. And that will be an inherently painful process. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Not this record! Not this record! Not this record! <laughs> She don't care. Now be 
Kelly, what's wrong? You look really grumpy. You in a bad mood? I'm not in a bad mood. All right, mate, just ask it. I'm just asking, what's with that gal? Ever since she lost her voice. And her microphone. And her microphone. She's twice, cruelly, her voice has been robbed from her twice. Once, just through youth and um, shouting. Secondly, via the BBC. The BBC have stolen that gal's voice. They nobbled her. They would what? Nobbled her. That's the 70s. (laughs) We'll have none of that here. You can report that. There is a system, an in-house system for reporting. Uh, who do I report to? Ah, it's the person what done nobble me. Now, Luton Borough Council is being accused of withholding the results of a survey about the town's reputation because it didn't like the answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the danger. Guys, does my bum look big in this? And be honest. Oh, does this does this suit me? Oh, do you like my shoes? No, I'll throw them away. Oh. The Perceptions of Luton Survey. <laughs> it's yeah. called The Perceptions of Luton. Luton. Guys, what were you thinking? The Perceptions of Luton Survey was carried out in October 2013. Lib Dem councillor David Franks is threatening to make a formal complaint. I'll make a formal complaint. I will. I will. If, it is, if he isn't given a full explanation of what's going on. Catherine, what is the Perceptions of Luton survey? Well, I'd like to be able to tell you, but we haven't got the results. Oh. It was launched back in October 2013 in oh, an attempt yeah. to understand why people hold certain views of the town and if there was any negativity to work out what you do about it. Yes. It was distributed to those who live or work in Luton or those who occasionally visit and even those who've never been to <laughs> Luton but still hold an opinion. Can I be honest, right? Uh, well, uh, OK, and this is being honest. When, when People outside of Luton don't like Luton. Well... When I, when I say to people, oh, where, where do you work? Luton. Oh, I'm so sorry. People outside of Luton don't like Luton. People outside of Birmingham don't like Birmingham. When, I, when I read this, I did think of three words, asking for and it. Yes. Uh, at the time, mm. the councillor, Sean Timoney, who is the council's portfolio holder for regeneration, told us, Luton is a vibrant and diverse town and has a lot to be proud of. There are also some challenging opinions about Luton, some of which may be based on experience and others on misconceptions. Yep. We don't only want, only want to hear from people who live, work, study or run businesses here. It's just as important to get views from those who visit the town to shop, see family and friends or make use of our transport links. Gosh, we're coming up to the second anniversary of this survey. <laughs> I really want to see the results. Well... And uh, so do some other residents. And know how much it's cost. <laughs> We're going to be speaking later on to one of the residents who's been very vocal about this, Colin Willavise. Um, he says he's been a resident since 1979. He also works in Luton. He loved Luton, but says in the last seven years it's gone downhill. And uh, he saw this survey as a means for things to be put right, which yep. was, you know, the, the proposal anyway. Now this survey is not being published, he says. In my mind, they're trying uh, the response to get the responses they want so they can dilute what's been truly said, adding they are covering something up they got a rubbish response and they want to dilute it. I can only assume from the holding back of this survey's finding that the people of Luton have spoken and the council didn't like what was said. What has the council saying? Well, we would like to be able to tell you that from the Mm. council's mouth. In fact, they would tell you that, wouldn't they? Um, In response to a series of tweets in April 2014 asking about this survey, it said, we've commissioned some extra work to gather more detailed perceptions from outside Luton. There's not enough in the original survey. They'll be collected over a couple of months. This is a vital project for us, so we want to get it right. Um, But in an email response to Colin Willavise, the the resident we uh, quoted earlier on, in October,
October 2014. A council spokesperson said there were some gaps in the data which has caused us some concern and perhaps it would be fairer for me to say more about that. What is strange is that the responses were not representative of the population. There was an extremely high proportion of white English, employed and older people, but we were missing responses from business people, young people and black and minority ethnic groups. Given the makeup of the town, this is very unusual. This goes on and on, basically, they're saying, we, we, we didn't get it right. But hang on a minute, they weren't asking Ooh. people within the town, were they? They were asking no. people from outside the town. Okay. So what? Hang who on. exactly are they talking All to? All right, let's just cut to the, the quick, cut to the chase. Let's, let's cut to the um, final scene. What is the council saying now? Perception of Luton survey formed a valuable part of our research in preparing the Luton investment framework, which was approved by the executive on the 8th of June. Oh. Publication of the report's findings hey. is anticipated in the coming days and oh. we hope we'll be invited onto the show in the near future or today to discuss the report with you I then. would love to discuss the report and also all of the report, not just the bits you cherry-pick. Yeah. We're in the new studio. We've not bought any knickknacks. Ah! I've no. ordered some knickknacks though. Okay. We're going to have some. So much fun. I love knickknacks. They're so delicious. Mm. You right, Betsy? Yeah. Okay, can that you, was smooth. Can you get off my microphone? You can't You can't make that much noise on the radio. We've got proper BBC people in the building. Yeah. They will complain. We've had a nice email because we've been asking. We're in the new studio. There is no vibe here. This studio, where is the vibe? Although is, we found one this morning. The vibe is brewing. Something's brewing, yeah. and I'm sorry about that. Oh really? 
Um, but the, 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 the other place, that, that, that had been broadcasting for over 62 years. Yeah. And just the amount, the amount of rubbish that had been spoken by local councillors, the amount of um, sexual harassment that had been done by former pre- presenters, that, that, those walls had absorbed, in some cases, literally um, the juices of 60 years of broadcasting. There is none of that here. None of that. So we need to create a vibe. We're faking it slightly by getting people to phone up and, and fill in the blanks where we've lost some of the clips. Defined slightly. We're totally faking it. We are totally it. faking mm-hmm. it. 03459 555 555 if you'd uh, like to um, uh, phone up and uh, fake some of the clips what we've done lost. I know we've sent Dealey out yes. to, to, to on the streets to do it. He's going to find some fakers. Now, um, Anthony has sent me... Well, he's either going to murder us uh-huh. or he's going to please us. So often the two are very, very close. Um, Fine line. If I had to choose one, can I go with the latter? I would prefer to the, the pleasure over the pain. Yeah. Again, fine line. Ian, I'm sending you this email to let you know I've sent you a parcel. Oh. It is shoebox size. Oh. It's nothing scary. You needn't be worried. Well, I, well I okay, am now. Now I am. No food stuff or live animals. Oh. They're not live animals. We hadn't even thought of that. It's just some old tat I had lying around. Okay. Instead of putting it into the bin, I thought I'd send it to you. There are bits in the box for the team as well. All the best to you, Ian, from Tony in Luton. Wow. If there's something I like, it's bits in a box. From Tony in Luton. A freakish follower, not a stalker. P.S. Did I see you taking a brisk walk down the high street, head bowed down? I tried to chase you, but you started to pick up the pace. <laughs> well, I wonder why. So we could, we could, hopefully today, fingers crossed, we're going to get a shoebox from a bloke called Tony. What, what could possibly go wrong? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 towards London, there's been an accident at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church between there and Junction 4 for High Wycombe. A car hit the central reservation and knocked over one of the street lamp columns. It was close, but now it's just down to two lanes. There are still three mile queues, so on the approach. And two lanes were closed northbound as well between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church. That has been reopened and it's starting to move again. On the M25, bit further afield, anti- no, clockwise, sorry, at Junction 30 for Lakeside. That's been closed because of an accident and it's queuing on the approach there. On the A1 southbound, there are delays from Stirling Corner towards Edgware and also in Bounds Green on the A406 North Circular Road. It's starting to look slow at the Clockhouse Interchange. On the train departure boards, the 632 in your train own from time, Sammy. Garden City to Moorgate is delayed. In your own time. Just, just, just to let... mean. No, 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 I don't mean to sound mean. It's just that now that Simon Oxley broadcasts the news from the studio, I can see his already, let be honest, slightly ruddy face getting redder and redder uh, as he gets angry and angry with you for overrunning. But you just talked for 30 seconds. Exactly, Sammy. So are you going to apologise to him? No, are you? No, are you? I didn't overrun. I'm telling you the travel news. Yeah, exactly, Sammy. And look, it's nearly 6.31 now. No, I can't apologise because you're, yes, you you're can. dragging it out. You are. I'll drag... <laughs> no, I won't drag you anywhere. That's outrageous. Just say sorry <laughs> to him, Sammy, and we can forget this ever happened. Well, I'm sorry, Simon. I Thank you. There we go. There we go. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
The headlines, the United Nations investigator wants an independent examination into how women are treated at Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after being denied access. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. And people living in Luton are accusing the council of covering up the truth about a survey of the town which still hasn't been published almost two years on. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers achieved their highest ever one-day run chase to beat New Zealand by seven wickets at Trent Bridge and level the series at two all. England reached their target of 350 in only 44 overs with Captain Owen Morgan and Joe Root both making centuries. Captain Morgan says it's good to be playing entertaining cricket for the fans again. The support we've had throughout the series has been brilliant. I know we've played in games that have been great to watch and we haven't necessarily got over the line probably enough times. So, I mean, we've, we've made it into a bit of a final now in Durham which is very exciting and and puts a bit more on it so it's great to see and it's it's great to see the turnaround we've had. England have qualified for the second round of the Women's World Cup after a 2-1 win over Colombia with first half goals from Karen Carney and Farah Williams. Mark Sampson's side will face Norway in the second round. It's a good performance today, game of two halves. thought the team showed fantastic creativity in the first half. Deserved more than what they got really. Every time we got the final third, there was a foul, so we had to resort to set pieces. And then second half, good character, good maturity, just to see the game out professionally. Wickham striker Stephen Craig is leaving Adams Park after a two-year spell. The 34-year-old made 36 appearances last season, scoring in the playoff semi-final victory at Plymouth before featuring as a substitute in the final at Wembley. Mo Farah missed two drugs tests a year before the London 2012 Olympics, a newspaper has claimed. The report comes after doping allegations were made against his American coach in a BBC investigation. The US Open golf starts today at Chambers Bay, just outside Seattle, and Andy Murray plays Spain. Fernando Vadasco in the Queen's Club tournament today. French Open champion Stan Vavrinka was knocked out yesterday. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Never did too well at school, but I learned all I need to know. Change attire and clean myself from head to toe. But some knowledge has eluded me, and one puzzle still remains. What on earth is the mystery of Abbas Langley Fire Brigade? Did all the helmets go missing one day or did a dog get stuck up a tree? Did a ghost one night go down their pole? Pro tell because it's torturing me. Tell us the secret, let the cat out of bag because the puzzle still remains. What on earth is the mystery of Abbas Langley Fire, Abbas Langley Fire, Abbas Langley Fire Brigade? The sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. 
me i want to feel your body Ooh, touch me unfortunately that's one of the ones we we didn't lose uh i would have preferred it if we'd lost that one oh three four five nine four double five five double five uh you can uh, phone up and you can uh, either you can either recreate a clip or you can make up your own clips just need like three seconds of nonsense that's all that's all it takes guys mm. but everyone was like um literally um the phones yesterday no one's phoning today. They've all got bored of it. The novelty of being in a new place has worn off for everybody. Maybe they've forgotten the phone number. Oh three four five nine four double five five double. I tell you, he's been quiet apart from David Luton, mm-hmm. who I suspect has had his head stoved in. Um, I hope not. I, I hope not. I'm just, it's just a suspicion. Dave, I, I wish you well. You don't owe his money. Colin in Dunstable. Colin was going to take us around the town. Oh, he was giving us the big I am when we were ten miles oh, away. When you guys come here. I'm going to um, get. I'm going to. I know I haven't got the number wrong once. I'm good, isn't it, Kels? When 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 you guys come here, I'm go, once you've helped me reach a tall shelf, I'm gonna take you around the town, and you're gonna show you the town of Dunstable. Well, where are you, wee fella? We're finding it for ourselves. And I looked under all of the chairs, and he wasn't standing up underneath one. I hope he's all right. I. What have you got in the papers? This woman um, caught eating cereal in the car. You Ooh. saw someone eating soup, didn't you? I've seen a woman eating soup in Birmingham, yes. Right. In so a car, whilst whilst driving a car. It's a woman in a Land Rover, so already public enemy number one. Yay! The male says, and the male likes women, this woman is clearly determined to have her breakfast come hell, high water or rush hour. After all, it's the most important meal of the day. But eating it at the wheel of her car in heavy traffic turned out to be a very bad idea. Bad idea, guys. Cycling instructor David Williams. Oh, not, not Williams. I bet he's one of those cycling instructors. With a helmet. A cycling instructor. Hang on a minute. Every, cycling instructors are called mums and dads. That's what cycling instructors, instructors are. Instructions. It's a word. <laughs> Cycling instructor. He had a Dave. cam on his head. But he had a cam on his head. Well, he's got one in his hand. Hey, I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're like the home of technology. Can I um, have a webcam, but on my head? A helmet cam. No, on my head. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kels, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Could I have a um, yeah helmet what, cam on my head? Mm. You okay. can have it wherever you want. Well, but I put it on your head. It'd probably fit more. Could I have there. one on live stream? Listen, we've got the 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 primo. Get one bo- of those ear ones. The quality's not so good on the ear ones. I mean... And also I've got headphones on, so that's a bit oh, dumb. Yeah. Listen, we've got some of the primo BBC boffins in this building today. They won't leave. Uh, they've got nowhere to go. So uh, we're going to uh, hijack those guys and we're going to get them to build me a... What did you call it? A helmet cam. Yeah. And live stream the show. Yeah, that'd be so good. That would be... Brap, vicar- or could we not just sellotape your phone to your head? You could do a periscope. <laughs> yeah, we could do that, man. Anyway, this woman... 
cycling instructor <laughs> David w- Williams happened to be riding past and almost fell on it off his bike in astonishment. He's not that good an instructor then, is he? When he spotted the woman tucking into a bowl of cereal, she I don't drove her Land Rover Discovery. They don't. No one. They don't teach you how to deal with uh, astonishment. Instructions can't. Even instructions can't deal with astonishment. Well, they need to broaden the curriculum. It's astonishing. When he challenged her, she just shrugged and drove off. What cereal was it? Golden Grahams. I'm guessing if she was driving a Land Rover, it's going to be Jordan's Country Crisp. Oh. Which is delicious, but very hard work. By the way, guys, if anyone wants uh, uh, an idea for a TV show that's based on a pointless, vacuous celebrity and uh, muesli, what did you call it? Jordan's Country Crisp. Apparently so. Dealey, you're right, fella. Yes, boss. Why, yeah. why, why are you not out on the street sucking up the vibe? Oh, mate, just, just, just sit and wait. Just sit and wait. In <laughs> ten minutes' time, you are going to love this. I have found the people I've been looking for. Okay, <laughs> you know it, what I mean. It's got to be. Um, uh, every time I get the level slightly wrong, everybody stands up in the office outside, panics. <laughs> <laughs> Look, look, look I'll, make, I'll make them all stand up by talking like this and making it peak in the red. There we go. Look, they're all panicking. <laughs> <Running. laughs> they're all... It's all right, guys. You, you've, you've been out on the streets. You've got, you're, I've got to yeah. say, Justin, mm. you've been um, reinvigorated with this move. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if you uh, if you dress smart, you act smart. You um, do what? You, if you dress smart. What's the other one? You act smart. Okay. You be smart. Maybe, said, maybe you should try it. He said wax smart. No, 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 no. Dress smart, act smart. Clip that. <laughs> Elton John killed a deer. I know, with a helicopter. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Dearie me. Of all the ways in all the world to kill a deer, a helicopter death has got to be the coolest. Elton John's helicopter accidentally, yeah, killed a deer when landing to drop him at a gig. (laughs) The animal was spooked by the... Oh, well, hang on a minute. Elton John's... Can I read this? Let me read the sentence they've written it, then I'll read the sentence as it should be written. Yeah, go on. Elton John's helicopter accidentally killed a deer. Let me read it as it should be written. Elton John's helicopter didn't kill a deer. Oh. Because the animal was spooked by the noisy aircraft, ran onto a road and was hit by a car. Silly deer. Because when I'd read the first... I thought he'd landed on it. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. You're right, dear. Yeah. Dearie me. Still, those tickets for that concert, bit dear. Yeah, bit dear. Sir Elton, 68, was flying into Cornwall's Eden Project for the first of two shows when the accident happened. A source revealed it was just a freak accident. The pilot couldn't have known there was a deer there. It was clipped by the car, bounced into the air and then lay dead. Bet his heart broke. It's like uh, in the 70s, there were several. The Who were one of these unfortunate, unfortunate bands where crowd security wasn't as good as it is now. And... um, it happened to David Cast. It happened to the Who, where a fan was crushed mm. uh, in it during the concert and died. You know, there's a few of these incidents, and um, the band, in both instances, the band wasn't told until they were at the next gig. Okay, they they weren't told during the gig. They weren't told after. They got to the next gig and then they were told. Similar situation here. Source said. Uh, the pilot couldn't have known it was there. It was clipped by the car, bounced into the air, and lay dead. I don't know if Elton was told. It's not his fault. It's just very unlucky. Well, no, it's not his fault because he didn't kill a deer. A, he wasn't flying the helicopter. B, the helicopter didn't kill a deer. The way they wrote that that headline, I thought he'd landed on it or chopped it up with the rotors. (laughs) There's an image. Enjoying your breakfast, guys. (laughs) Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There was a 
delays on the M40 towards London from Junction 5 for Stoke and Church to Junction 4 for High Wycombe. Two lanes have been closed there because of an accident with a car hitting the central reservation and knocking over one of the street lamp columns. There were two lanes closed northbound at Junction 4 for High Wycombe towards Junction 5 for Stoke and Church, but that has now reopened, so the tra uh, traffic starting to ease off there. Further afield on the M25, that's still closed clockwise at Junction 30 for Lakeside, and there are five-mile queues approaching there from Romford. On the M1, there are delays southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to Junction 9 for Redbourne. And in Bounds Green on the North Circular Road, it's looking very slow between the Clockhouse Interchange and New Southgate. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Smooth. 6.45, it is a Thursday, the 18th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A United Nations investigator wants an independent examination into how women are treated at Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after being denied access. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. And people living in Luton are accusing the council of covering up the truth about a survey of the town which still hasn't been published almost two years on. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's not going to feel quite as humid as it did yesterday, uh, but there'll be lots more in the way of sunshine. So a really nice day again today, fine and dry, lots of sunshine around. The air is a bit fresher. This um, this will change the feel of the day, but there'll still be lots of sunshine around. The UV levels are high. The pollen levels too are very high for today. Just a light northwesterly breeze all in all. It's going to be a pretty lovely day. We're looking at top temperatures of up to 20, 21 degrees Celsius, 17 Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, staying largely dry. A little bit of cloud coming and going, perhaps. Uh, lows of around uh, 11 or 12 degrees, so a little bit chillier than it was last night. Into tomorrow, I think we'll see a nice bright sunny start, but quickly it will cloud over through the morning. So much cloudier afternoon, not quite as much in the way of sunshine. Highs of uh, probably around 20 or 21 degrees Celsius. Mostly dry and bright over the weekend, but we might just see perhaps a few showers dotted around on Saturday. That's the forecast. This is the sound of Saturday night and the main stage at a music festival without a headline act. It's not quite the same, is it? Don't miss a thing from your summer. Make the switch to digital radio. With five extra national BBC stations, exclusive live music and sport, you'll hear even more of what you love. Don't miss a thing this summer with digital radio. If you love radio, go digital. To find out more, search online for BBC Digital Radio. Bear with me, bear with me. They've got rid of all the uh, decent songs. Don't worry, don't, don't worry. It's just a matter of time. But, um, but, um, loading up, loading up, loading up. Let's have some of this. You've given me a true love, and every day I thank you, love, for a feeling that's so new. So inviting, so exciting Whenever you're near I hear a symphony A tender melody Pulling me closer Closer to your arms Then suddenly
morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, we'll go to Delia in a second. What you got for us, well, Boyle? I'm wondering about your special powers and oh. whether they may not just be a myth. I've, what? I've not killed someone else, have well, I? No, but you were referring to a helmet cam earlier on, weren't yes, you? Yes, well, I how was. about a helmet remote control? Picture the scene. To, to control your right. to control your telly, right? Okay. Right, with the m- medium of your mind. Yeah. Which probably isn't very wise, knowing where your mind flicks to every six seconds. But picture the scene: you're sitting through a boring film, when all of a sudden the TV switches to the football simply through the power of your mind. Just very quickly, that email hasn't come through, Kelly. Could you try it again, please? Thank you very much. It might sound far-fetched, but mind-control TV could soon become a reality, as the BBC revealed yesterday. Didn't tell me. You sent it to BBC. If you could send it to forty-four. Bless you. Sorry, Catherine. A little, little bit of, you know, we've got a new toy and I just want to play with it. It's I called Kelly Betts. <laughs> As the BBC revealed yesterday, it's yes. working on technology that oh. could one day replace the remote. Well, you, well, the thing is, because you can do that with the Xbox, and I've not st- installed this because if my what, boys... With your mind? With your voice. Well, I mean, if, if my boys know you can go Xbox on, um, uh, uh, King Julian cartoon on, then the, the, our days are numbered. Ooh. So if, they, if their mind starts getting involved... No. Oh! <laughs> That'll I be your email! <laughs> Thank you, mate. In tests of the prototype, users were able to operate a headset that allowed them to navigate through the iPlayer and select what they wanted to watch by concentrating or meditating. Well, if you're meditating, you shouldn't be watching the telly. No, exactly, exactly. Both these activities produce a change in the brain activity which the device can detect. Oh, this is, this is the devil's work, isn't it? Yeah, go on. Cyrus Sahan... Head of business development at BBC Digital said the technology was still at an experimental stage, which is everyone who watches films where things go wrong knows is when things go wrong. Yes, Writing in a BBC blog, he said a trial run with 10 staff members, yeah. unnamed, found they could all use the headset to launch iPlayer and start watching oh. a programme. He oh. continued, you can imagine a world where instead of having to get up from your sofa or reach for your remote, you just think, put BBC One on when you want to watch TV. Mm. Imagine sitting in your car and thinking... I want to listen to Radio 4. He's saying 4. I want to listen to Ian Lee. And hearing your radio station come on during your commute to work. Dress smart, act smart. That would freak me out. that. That would freak me out. And the the man that made that pronouncement is uh, Justin (laughs) Dealey. We're experimenting with my new uh, toy, Justin. Oh, do you know what? I, I love this new toy. And just to prove something, talking about special powers there, yes, mate. of course, um, I've got that anyway. And I proved that to you the <laughs> other week. No, hang on, hang on. Live on air, you played a record. It stuck twice. It would not play. I said, leave it to me. Yeah. I said, please let this record play for Ian. Uh, we need to hear mm. this on the radio. You put the needle on for the third time. And guess what? It played. He did He did do a magic radio prayer. Yes. Uh, he prayed to... Um, um, I was gonna say, which, which radio? presenter hasn't been caught for having a, a fumble so we can call. David Kid Jensen He's, uh, he prayed to David Kid Jensen the saint of uh, quality radio and boy oh boy it actually worked yeah thank you, thank uh, you very much. Is, we've, I've got this new toy uh, it's a little bit geeky basically it allows me to play all my clips uh, I lost a lot of the clips in the move that's my fault um, we, we're asking people to phone in and fake them and thank you so much for that excellent response really appreciate it <laughs> oh, three, <laughs> bunch of slackers oh, 03459 you've taken it to the streets just I have and yep. uh, some of my favourite clips have been lost in the move for example the boom 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 uh, that of course was the man talking about uh, the busway in Luton yep. so we're in Dunstable this morning I've uh, been on the streets asking people to recreate some of our favourite clips this was easy people love doing this here's yep. what happened it's like a killing a bee with a bazooka. It's people, guys. It's people. Let's just talk. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. I'll come around and bake your eggs. Put that 
ready, then away. I'm now in the urinal section. If it was a whisper, give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the boom 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 man sounded like the original boom 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 man. There like you a, go, guys. Was that a there boom 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 remix? Oh, oh it was brilliant. And you're at the streets this morning. They're absolutely fantastic. On my Twitter, I've described the streets of Dunstable this morning as yeah. a jigsaw of swag, bants, and hard dogs. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, well, you know, Justin, you do, you do such excellent work for us. If only, if only you could be financially rewarded, but spiritually, uh, you'll be doing very, very well. Justin, uh, we'll, we'll speak to you later on. Yeah, thank you, boss. Take Ta-ta. care. Thank you very much indeed. 03459 555 555 uh, is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Hey, get this, guys. Fans of quality television, well, you're in for, uh, well, a major, two major disappointments. Oh, Page 32 of The Sun. Who am I doing an impression of? All right, Pen. I know. Go on. Paul Nicholas. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Paul Nicholas. All right, Pen. I interviewed him once. Yeah. Did he's he... very charming. He is charming. Sm- like... smell, smells of fags. Well, he's got, um, yeah. Smoker's teeth. He's got the air about him of the, yeah. The fug. The uh, 1970s, he used to, he used to, but he's very charming. He used to own a flat opposite where I used to uh, live, and uh, his son lived there, or his daughter, I don't know, one of his offspring. All right, Pen. He's going to be in EastEnders. Of course he is. It's a natural home. They should get her in it as well. She's too posh. She wouldn't Jan be living Francis. there. Francis. She'd no, be living... Yeah. Was, was that... Or she was the lady from Howard's Way? I think it was her. They should get Penn in. But they should be playing those characters. Yeah. And they should be a couple that's, and they should be living together. They did get married at the end, didn't they? Probably. Didn't Probably. They? Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's going to be in EastEnders. But, 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 but. Haypenny Shove, starring um, Ben Shepherd. Oh, yeah. One of my right. favourites. Guess how many episodes of Haypenny Shove, Tipping Point, Shove uh, I, ITV have commissioned? Oh, too many. Have a guess. 60? <laughs> Kelly, guess how many episodes... Do you know what Tipping Point is? No. OK. Guess how many episodes... You know the, the when you go to the fair and there's the tuppence machine where you put tuppence in and the trays are moving and it pushes the tuppence yes, yes, down yes, and then you yes. don't... It's that. Okay. So it's it's very, that for half an hour. It's that for... Oh. It's an hour, isn't it? Is it? I think it's an hour. Oh, how do they do that? Have a guess um, how many uh, episodes ITV have commissioned. Four, uh, 400. Close. <gasps> 325. That is a scandal. ITV has ordered a record 325 episodes of daytime show Tipping Point, confirming host and Good Morning Britain frontman Ben Shepherd's position as the king of daytime telly. He's the king of something. Oh, did I miss... Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot it was Thursday. Can we, we'll do it tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow, sorry. Okay, no, no I, I forgot to play the introducing track. I, for, I forgot it was Thursday. It's fine, don't worry. Is it, is it any good? Brilliant. Okay. Well, Best we'll, song you'd have played on How does it go? Can you sing it? And then we don't have to... I think their version is better. Okay, we'll do it tomorrow. I'm so sorry. Was, that wasn't no, a deliberate thing. I just, I just forgot what day it was. Um, <laughs> the afternoon show, which is centred around an amusement arcade-style Penny Falls machine... Centred around? That's what it is. ...will grace our screens well into 2017. Flipping heck! We've got another two years, 325 episodes of that guff. Do you want to do a quick sweary yeah, Boris? Yeah, do a quick sweary right, Boris. How am I going to do this without swearing? Okay. Fudge off and die. What Boris told a cabbie in Street Row over Taxi App. When a black cab driver offered Boris Johnson the benefit of his worldly wisdom the other night, they, uh, as they inclined to do, he got a robust answer back. The London Mayor and Tory MP told the cabbie to fudge off and die. 
In case he'd been Oi. misunderstood, the mayor reiterated his position in the matter, saying, why don't you fudge off and die, Oi. and not in that order? But the cabbie had been a... He'd started, and when he says he um, gave them the benefit of his wisdom, yeah, he'd been using some hand gestures and some quite... Yeah, I mean, these things where it's... it's it was. I mean, David Meller was another one who was particularly unpleasant to a cabbie, but the cabbie had been obnoxious before. Well, what he said was out of order. But we heard the recording, but the re- only person who knew it was recording was the cabbie, and we don't know what happened before. Yeah, exactly, you see. You've got to be so careful, guys. This is why... I am just just polite and gentle to ev- everybody. Every travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, there's been an accident towards London between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. It was earlier on this morning when a car hit the central reservation and knocked over one of the lamp columns. There's still two lanes closed towards London with delays back from Junction 6 for Watlington approaching Junction 4 for High Wycombe. It's okay looking in the other direction though on the M40. On the M25, it's building up anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And the M1 is slow southbound past Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. On the trains, the Metropolitan Line has severe delays between Watford and Harrow on the Hill. That's because of a signal failure at Watford. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Sorry, sorry, Sammy, what did you say? I said that's okay. Bit weird. Is it? Um it's just like you're welcome. Well I'm only being when I say thank you, I'm just you know, I'm just being polite. So am I. Thanks, Sammy. Oh. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, UN investigator criticises Yarlswood, man charged over attack on pregnant woman and council under fire over Luton survey. BBC Three Counties Radio. The United Nations investigator wants an independent examination in how women are treated at Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after being denied access. Rashida Manju has issued a report looking at how well the UK deals with violence against women. More from Jessica Cooper. Rashida Manju told the Human Rights Council in Geneva that she tried to get inside the Immigration Centre during a visit to the UK but wasn't allowed. The Home Office have said a tour of the centre was never agreed. Her report now calls for an independent examination to look at how women are treated. It comes just a week after another report by the Independent Monitoring Board raised concerns about the health care of detainees. A man has been charged with child destruction and causing grievous bodily harm with intent following an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in Peckham in South London. The victim, named in reports as Bedfordshire University graduate Mallory Bantala, lost her baby and is in hospital in intensive care. Kevin Wilson, who is 20, will appear at a magistrate's court later today. People living in Luton are accusing the council of covering up the truth about a survey of the town which still hasn't been published almost two years on. The Perceptions of Luton survey to identify any negative perceptions was carried out in October 2013. More from Tony Fisher. Residents of the town say the people of Luton have spoken and the authority doesn't like what was said, hence the delay. One councillor, Lib Dem David Franks, is threatening to make a formal complaint if he isn't given a full explanation of what's going on. After we contacted the council, it said the report's findings are anticipated in the coming days and it hopes to discuss them in the near future. Police in the American state of South Carolina
Carolina say a gunman has shot dead nine people at a Methodist church in Charleston. They say the attacker, a white man in his 20s, is still at large. They're treating it as a hate crime. The church is one of the oldest African-American churches in the US. Roadworks have started being put into place for the construction of Junction 11A on the M1 in Bedfordshire. It will create a direct link with the A5 north of Dunstable and is due to be completed at the start of 2017. Andrew Salou, the Conservative MP for South West Bedfordshire, says the promise of better transport links is already benefiting the area. We're already seeing uh, big employers uh, giving us a, a thumbs up moving into the area. Amazon, for example, have announced 500 new jobs uh, in, in Dunstable starting over the next few months. And I think I think we'll see many more new businesses like coming in partly as a result of this, these new roads. The Archbishop of Canterbury is beginning a three-day visit to Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire today. Justin Welby's tour of the St Albans Diocese starts in Luton this morning. In sport, England's cricketers achieved their highest ever one-day run chase to beat New Zealand by seven wickets at Trent Bridge and level the series at two-all. And England have qualified for the second round of the Women's World Cup after a 2-1 win over Colombia. They will face Norway in the next stage. The weather dry and sunny but feeling less humid than yesterday. A maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Very, very, very... If you want to give us a call this morning, we're asking you to uh, fake, I mean reproduce, I mean, oh, what the hell? Yeah, can we cheat the system? We need to recreate some of the clips, what I done lost. 03, new number, guys. 03 459 455 555. Also, I mean, talking about tipping points, Ben Shepard, 325 episodes they've commissioned. Ka-ching! That's not him getting paid, that's the sound of the uh, coins dropping down. He's allowed, That's how he gets paid, he's allowed to uh, scoop up the leftovers after each show. <laughs> they've not told him it's not real money. Does anyone actually enjoy tipping point? Because it's that thing, it's kind of, it's on. And if it's on, well, I, I don't do it as much as I used to. If it's on, I kind of get sucked into the television wallpaper. I'm quite good now at breaking the hypnotic spell and going, hang on, I've watched 25 minutes of this and it's rubbish. Does anyone actually enjoy, here we go, oh, here we go. <laughs> Has anybody set their skybox to series link tipping points. I used to series link cash in the attic and flog it. That's true. That is true. I used to. My sister's obsessed with bargain hunt. Oh, here we go. What programmes have you got on series link? Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. That's, that's what we're going to do. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. hearts and bucks. <laughs> this is BBC what? Three Counties Radio. What programmes... Have you got on seriously? I don't really use the Sky anymore, or you know, there are other things out there, but that's that's kind of the one, isn't it? Uh, I don't really. I, it, it is all about streaming programmes now. Well, and streaming catch films. up. Catch up means that you don't need to use up space on your box, do you? But yeah. there, there were some things that I used to always do. I was obsessed with um, Geordie Shaw for a long time. Right. I started watching that when I was very pregnant and I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And I remember my husband coming down one day and saying, "What on? Cause it's when filth. are you going to have that flipping baby?" It was it was absolute filth. And he would say, "What on earth are you watching this for?" Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. 
Yeah. Pulled up a chair. So okay. This series is, link. We we can we can we can do this, and maybe maybe we can send Dealey out on this. So what programs have you got on Series Link, and just what programs are rubbish mm-hmm. but completely hypnotise you? Completely hypnotise you. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Texas. Oh yeah, we have got some. Yeah, go on. Give us some Texas, then we'll speak to Colin in a second about uh, the Luton survey. Replace traffic lights with roundabouts, control immigration, and people won't be idling in queues. I have no idea what that relates to, hang but on a thank second. you very much. No, hang on a second. There's often the lunatics speak the most ah, sense. Ah, hang on. Are we talking about the woman eating cereal? Is that... I don't think she was an immigrant. She... Um... No, hang on. Hang on a minute. No, hang on a minute. I think I suspect... Give us that again, because I suspect two stories have been combined here. We can do this, guys. Replace traffic lights with roundabouts. OK, that would stop women eating cereal in cars. He's right. You can't um, eat a, a, a fluid-based thing whilst you're going around in a circle. In- physically impossible. Mm. Just like you can't sneeze with your eyes open. Yeah. Controlling... Or do a, or do um, uh, a poo with the bathroom door unlocked. Those things are physically impossible. <laughs> I'll tell that to my kids. Hey. <laughs> they got the door open so they can watch the telly. They'll learn shame. Uh, control immigration. Not from me, they won't. <laughs> control immigration. Is that to do with the Yarswood story? Yeah. There that's, we go. that's sorted then, two, thanks. Two stories combined, thank you. And, unless, of course, the roundabouts is to do with immigrants. I, I don't know if immigrants are scared of roundabouts and controlling immigration would stop the influx of cereal. I don't know. But, I just don't know. And the idling in queues. I mean, you have to idle in queue. You can't be actively in a queue, do, can you? Mm, it's so complicated. I don't know. I think there's some truth in there somewhere. 81333, start your text 3CR. Maffin Hanslope, Morning, I can't Maff. wait for uh, Elton's cover version oh, of uh, Who Killed Bambi. No, hang on a second, hang on a second. We don't know, we've got a new way of doing the texts. Hang on, we, oh, can do, we can do the texts like this. You got a text. Yeah. I can't wait for Elton's cover version of Who Killed Bambi. Mm. Maffin Hanslope. You got a text. All right, stop shouting. Will you stop shouting, little one? Please, try just try and be calmer. You got a text. Thank you. I've got another one. Yeah, I know. He, t- he just told us. Again? He just told us. Oh, flipping. All right. You got an email. No, it's not an email. Oh. It's a text. Okay, hang on a minute. So boobs no. is not new. I've lost it now. Okay. It's fine. Well, I'll have to uh, look for it again. Okay. Michael and Sydney Itz. Yes. How do you know that the reason for non-disclosure of the Luton Perception story is because the council do not like the answers, says Michael and Sydney Itz. We don't, but that's what some people are saying, and we're going to ask them now. Okay, well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. This story we're talking about is Luton Council is being accused of pretending research into the town's reputation didn't happen because they didn't like the answers. The Perceptions of Luton survey was carried out in 2013, the idea being to work out how to improve any negativity. Two years on, we're none the wiser, and one councillor, Lib Dem David Franks, is threatening to make a formal complaint. I will, I will, I will. Well, a number of residents are also suspicious of the hold-up. Among them is uh, Colin Willavise, uh, who joins me now. Good morning, Colin. Uh, good morning, Ian. Um, so this survey, w- were you excited when you heard it was going to happen? Um, I had no idea it was going to happen until I received an email from the council on the 29th of October 2013. So that's when I clicked the link and took part in it. OK, and what questions were you asked? Um, I've been struggling to try and remember. It was so long ago, yeah. but so I can't recall all of the questions sort of word for word, but it was my perceptions of how I felt about Luton. And I, I know some of them I answered positively and some that I just really had to put down because of my feelings for the town, how it's changed over the recent years. How do, I'm assuming you think it's changed for the worst? I do, yes. In, in what ways, Colin? Um, I also struggle to sort of explain that. Yeah. But it all seems to have taken a dive when the council got on board with the I Love Luton campaigns. They seem to have isolated parts of the community and not brought them together. 
Um, and it, it is tough, isn't it, to try and sometimes verbalise uh, why we don't like things. We just kind of feel that we don't like them. But but what changes do you think that things like the I Love Luton campaign have made that have been um, divisive and negative? I feel it sort of isolate. It's tried to make the minorities feel part of the community and it's isolated them. Instead of looking at the bigger community and bringing the minorities into it, that's where I feel it's gone wrong. OK. What difference does it make to you, Colin, and, and to Luton itself, it, whether they publish the findings or not? I feel that they should publish the findings in their entirety of how they received it. Nearly a 1,000 people took part in this survey, and I feel that they should release that survey so that we can look at the findings and work together to improve the situation and make Luton the place it should be. Mm. Uh, we asked um, for a response from Luton Borough Council. Um, this is what they said. The perceptions of Luton survey formed a valuable part of our research in preparing the Luton Investment Framework, which was approved by Executive on 8th of June. Publications of the report's findings is anticipated in the coming days. Oh, so uh, suddenly but people start kicking up a fuss and it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, the survey cost £2,000, which isn't that much, I suppose, really. No further expenditure is currently committed. What, what do you reckon to that then, Colin? I, I'm pleased to hear that it's going to be released, and it's a shame that it had to go to emails copy, copying um, local radio in to get this moving. But as for no expenditures being put into it, I don't see how they can run a survey to get people's perceptions of Luton and not allocate a budget to putting things right or addressing anything found from it. Colin, uh, let's, um, maybe we'll speak again. when if, if the results are coming out in a couple of days, well, we should have them by the middle of next week. Maybe we can speak then and uh, have a chat about what the survey actually says. I would love that, yes. Thank Brilliant. you very much. Thank you, Colin. Cheers. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us um, a call. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's people, guys. It's people. Let's just talk. Oh, I love my new toy so much. I've got a little problem with the levels. That's my, I, And I'll have a geeky afternoon trying to sort that out. Oh, dear. It's like a killing a bee with a bazooka. <laughs> Tony's in Milton Keynes, of all places. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Is it Dunstable now? It, good. Dunstable calling. Dunstable good. calling. Good. I've noticed one thing, mate, yeah. if I may just add a professional comment. You've please, now, uh, please do. got a better working clip, audio clipping system, so you don't come and burn my speakers out. Like <laughs> well, we, uh, it, it might still... Listen, uh, basically, uh, for, for those geeky radio heads, indulge me. I've, I've bought an app. There's an app that I've got. I've got my computer here, and it's an app, and it's an old-fashioned cart wall. It's beautiful, right? Uh, yeah. uh, some of the levels... A little bit wrong. That's my fault, and I can sort that out. I just need to equalise them all on there. But um, I mean, just the fun of being able to go. I'm now in the urinal section. It's just a joy, and I can see Jonathan Vernon Smith next door. Is he's pretending to look like he's not that bothered, and he thinks it's a little bit stupid. But really, really, I know he's he's deeply jealous. Well, I'll, I'll let my... you play with my clips later on if you want, Jonathan. <laughs> anyway, yes, yes, Tony. Back in my day, we used to. Uh advised the uh, presenters, being an audio engineer at the Beeb... Yeah, oh, yeah. ..to, to use a passy, P-A-S-I. I beg your pardon, how dare you yeah. call me a passy? Put a sock in it. Oh, yeah, we go, yeah, we go. Anyway, We're... I do have a professional question for yeah, you. A professional question? Well, well you've come to the right place, hasn't he, hasn't he Kath? Uh, I think so. OK. professional interest... Yes. Now that you're... 
being uh, used more for voiceovers and narration. Oh, How much further have you got to catch up on Stephen McIntosh? Who's Stephen McIntosh? Oh, my goodness me. What? You're a, you're a pro? That, well, I, that, that, only in as much as I get paid. That, that's Stephen as, that's McIntosh, what... the actor. A very fine actor. Right, what does he, he do? He's now doing more voiceovers on every channel than oh. I've ever known. In so he's... Series, he's done about 60. So he's the man um, that I need to kill yes. if I want to get more work? Well, the sort of parts he plays, he's, he's, a, he's a good actor, but he plays the sort of slightly sinister type of an yeah. actor, not an I, actor that parts he plays. I can do that. And I, I can be no, sinister. I'll tell you what, he'd cut you like a piece of ice I'd, with a knife. I'd, I'd cut him like butter with a hot finger. He has you a look of Dennis it? Waterman, doesn't he? Pardon? Stephen McIntosh looks a bit like Dennis no, Waterman. You're thinking, of, you're thinking no. of Dennis Waterman, you plum. No, I'm not. No, no. Rula Lenska looks like Dennis Waterman. Ru- Doesn't she just? Oh, there's another phone in. Couples that look alike, please. Anyway, Steve- yeah, you, you keep it on, mate. You might catch up because oh. uh, I think Steve is way ahead, but uh, don't let it d- d- put you down a bit. Oh, I see. No, he does look like Dennis he Waterman. He does look like a young Dennis Waterman. It depends which ones. There's two Stephen McIntoshes. There's the one with the black hair and there's the one that looks like um, uh, Dennis Waterman. Which one are no, you referring to? Black hair. Oh, the black hair. Right, well, I know which one to, to um, uh, push. No, I would never push anyone under a bus. He but... does everything from war stories to disasters. Yeah, to but, ca- but yeah, OK, all right, Tony. But can he go, have a look at this hilarious... Serious cat from Russia. Yes, and this has seen mm. the worst driving you I've ever seen in the world. Thank you very much indeed, boss. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 towards London, there are delays from Junction 6 for Watlington towards Junction 4 for High Wycombe because of an accident earlier on, which has closed two lanes between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. On the A40 in Piddington, that's been blocked in both directions at Old Oxford Road because of an accident. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's building up from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. The A1M is also looking slow now southbound past Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the underground, the Metropolitan Line has sphered delays between Watford and Harrow on the Hill. That's because of a signal failure. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Sir Jonathan was talking to me from the other studio. Okay, how the flipping hell do I talk back? To, I can't do to talk. And then I think I've just worked it out. Thank you, Jonathan. But it wasn't me that fixed it. It was uh, the boffins. <laughs> Oh, dearie, dearie me. Um, um, oh, yeah, doing the radio show. 7.16. It is uh, Thursday, the uh, 18th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. People living in Luton are accusing the council of covering up the truth about a survey of the town, which still hasn't been published almost two years on. And police in the American state of South Carolina say a gunman has shot dead nine people at a Methodist church in Charleston. Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered an archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC. Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Um, here's an interesting... Are you going somewhere, Kath? No, I'm a bit cold. A bit nippy in here. I can tell, yeah. <laughs> Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. You might want to have your say on this one, uh, dear listener. The government is being urged to scrap rules which force state schools to hold a, da- hold a daily act of collective worship. Charles Clark, the former Labour Education Secretary, has written a report calling for a change in the way religion is taught in schools. He says worship, which is predominantly Christian in character, is outdated and atheism and humanism should feature just as highly. I'd love your thoughts on this. I bet loads of people who aren't Christians will be angry because the implication is well what but it's all because they're Muslims isn't it we're a Christian society oh three four five nine four double five five double five uh Bill Moore is an independent RE consultant to Bucks morning Bill uh, good morning uh, it, it is an interesting one isn't it because th- there is a difference between teaching religion in schools and um religious assemblies in schools what are your thoughts on the assemblies uh, well, I mean, I'm glad you've made the distinction between the two because uh, very often they are confused, mm. um, and and there, there, there is that huge difference. In terms of assemblies, uh, most schools have an assembly, uh, and this is an opportunity to get the children and young people together and to focus on uh, the whole school ethos and the values. Um, but not always, as, as the law currently states, having collective worship, which, as you can understand, can be problematic. But where collective worship is done well, it, is, it can be extremely powerful and thoroughly inclusive of all people in the, uh, in the school of any religion or none. The trouble is that it is quite, you have to work quite hard mm. at doing that, and many, many schools flout this, uh, this aspect of the, of the statutory duties. Uh, so what Charles Clark is doing is saying, given where we are, and given that we're now in a very different world from when the, uh, the, the, the legislation was drawn up in 1944, then maybe we need to reconsider uh, what's called the legal settlement for collective worship, but also for religious education. When I was at school, um, it was a really mixed school. There were a lot of um, uh, Asian kids, so there were a lot of Sikh kids and Muslim kids. They, uh, they would sit in the, the Christian assemblies. There was one kid who was a Jehovah's Witness who didn't, who, who, who was got special permission to sit out. Are people still allowed to opt out of religious assemblies? Absolutely, yes. Uh, there, there is, and this is one of the, uh, one of the, the, the problems facing schools. Uh, at the moment, because any parent can withdraw their child from collective worship, um, on, and, and they don't. They, 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 good practice is to discuss it with the head teacher, um, but uh, actually they don't have to give a reason. They can just say, "We, we don't want our child to go to a religious act of collective worship." Um, most most do go, uh, and most do get some value out of it, but it, it, it's questionable about uh, the, the extent to which they engage in actual worship. And can I just make one distinction as well, please, because mm. this is something parents find very difficult to understand. There is a difference between uh, co- collective worship in a school and congregational worship in a place of worship. So in collective worship in school, it's not expecting that everyone follows that particular religion, nor is it forcing them to follow that particular religion, mm. uh, because that obviously is, is not just um, immoral, it's impractical. Um, what collective worship is doing is saying we're going to get together and we're going to reflect on things that are intangible, things that are uh, really important to human life, and the requirement is that it should be broadly Christian most of the time, but he, not always. 
Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, I'm, I, I was making the distinction between uh, earlier on between um, uh, religious education and assemblies, because assemblies, uh, I can kind of see that maybe they, they, they need to move on and perhaps are not as essential as perhaps they were perceived to be. But religious education, I can never understand why you, you always get stories in the papers, don't you, about some parents upset... Um, about other religion, other religions, about you know religions uh, that uh, are not in, uh, indigenous to this country being taught, or you always get some parents that pull their kids out of a school trip to a, a mosque or something, yep, saying, yep. "Well, I don't want them knowing about that rubbish." Well, mm. surely it, you know, um, I just can't get my head around that mentality. I'm glad to hear that because nor can I. <laughs> and I'm not religious. I'm not religious. No, I would no. consider myself kind of an atheist, agnostic. It depends what day of the week it is. Yeah. But I'm glad that I know uh, a bit about. You know, I'm glad that I've been to church, and I'm glad that I know uh, I grew up with Muslim kids. And I would like to know more about some of the other religions. You know, I just think yeah. Yeah. we need that, don't we? Uh, I would thoroughly agree, and most people uh, agree with that as well. And religious education taught well is one of the most popular subjects among students because that's an opportunity they get to talk about really important things uh, and, and, and important things about growing up as human beings. And so it's, it's learning to understand people of different faiths and people of no religious faith. We all have beliefs about mm. uh, humanity and life. And um, if, we, uh, if we ignore those, then we're going, to, we're going to grow up in a society that can't cope with big questions and big concepts. And personally, I find that thought frightening. Um, we, we need to be able to talk sensibly about people's deeply held beliefs uh, and faiths and practices, uh, and not just to understand them. And I think th th this is a critical point. I think we can genuinely learn from them. Uh, so I've learned a lot about my understanding of, of, of the meaning and purpose of life through exploring issues with people of different faith and people of no faith. And I think there's a really good role for schools in that. And religion plays such an important role in people's lives that if we don't understand it, then we're going to um, face really quite serious issues um, locally, nationally and globally. What about teaching humanism and atheism? Because, I mean, the, the atheism I was aware of at school, humanism I didn't really hear about until a lot later. And I still don't quite get my head around it, but I find it fascinating. Yeah, it is. And, and, and this is, uh, uh, I think, humanism um, is a movement that's been around. You, you do actually get theistic forms of humanism, so you get Christian humanism. But the, 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 the real movement at the moment is around uh, atheistic and agnostic humanism. And um, uh, there are uh, children uh, from families who are overtly um, um, humanist. And they have their, they, they, they have the celebrants who will help with marriages and funerals and important occasions in life. And it is a very, very clear moral code and an understanding based on, on reason and rationality uh, about what it means to be human. And so I think it is important that that is taught as a, 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 as a way of life and, and, and a worldview is a phrase that's often used. And you can't meet the needs of your pupils if you don't let them engage in their own views. And mm. many are, um, are humanist, but many are of no faithful belief. They don't really get a chance to think about it, but mm. they still have their ideas. And so RE is an opportunity uh, to explore those ideas and to, have, to let everyone feel included. It's nice to plant those seeds, isn't it? And those seeds Absolutely. might not take sprout for 20, 30 years. <laughs> 
many, I, I remember many a time as an RE teacher in the classroom with a, um, particular individuals or something like that just saying, well, maybe in 10, 15, 20 years' time, they'll suddenly say, oh, so that's what that bloke was going on about. But yeah, it, 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 it really is about planting seeds, and they're very important seeds to plant, and we just hope that they will that they'll grow to fruition. But it's really key that it's, those aren't uh, those aren't seeds saying, I hope you start to agree with me. Yeah, yeah. This seat. is what's available. Take yes, your pick. Exactly. What works yeah, for you guys? Absolutely. Bill, listen, yeah. I, I could talk to you all morning. This is fascinating. Uh, I really appreciate your time. We'll, we'll get you on again at some point, if that's My OK. My pleasure. Thank you very all much right. indeed. Bill Moore, independent RE consultant to Bucks. You see? And that's the thing. When, I was, we, when we did RE at school... Um, it was primarily Christian, and I think we had a week about Judaism, a week, a week about Sikhism. I learnt more about it by talking to my mates who yeah. were was Sikhs. I don't remember there being any Jewish kids in my school. Um, uh, but we talking to, to a lot of Sikh kids and, and some Muslim kids. Um, but it's just that thing of just thinking... I mean, I didn't hear about humanism until I was in my 20s. No, no not I, at all. And I don't really get humanism, but I like the idea of it. I was brought up supposedly Church of England, yeah. but, I mean, we didn't go to church very often or anything, and I've kind of gradually grown away from stuff. And... Um, I don't feel massively comfortable with organised religion at the moment, but that may change. Who knows? You know, you go through phases in your life. Yeah. But we recently lost someone and I took a very kind of humanistic approach to how I explained it to the children. It was someone who was really close to them and so I didn't want to fob them off with stuff. Um, and I purposefully, because I, we don't go to church and they don't have a sort of Christian yeah. background really, I didn't start talking about heaven and, yeah. you know, living on and all that stuff. I was very sort of matter-of-fact about it. But recently, my youngest has started coming back with that, you know, this person is in heaven and yeah. I don't know who's sown that and I'm not angry about it, but it niggles me a bit that someone's kind of feeding them Yeah, that, that. Well, that's what happens when we let our kids go out into the when we yeah, stop. I know. When they're My uh, eldest boy is at a school that has... Uh, the, 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 well, I don't know exactly what... They, they kind of have a vague... It's not a religious school, but they kind of have a vaguely Christian tone to it. Um, and he'll come back and he'll talk about heaven and God and, you know, people being dead and being in heaven. And uh, and I'll say, well, you know, that's what some people believe. That's how I do it, yeah. And then, so some people believe that, you know, Grandad Malcolm's in heaven and some people believe that he's just kind of, he's he's just switched off and that's it and there's nothing else. And some people believe that he's now part of the universe and some, but you know, and um, I'm not quite sure what I believe. I don't particularly buy the heaven thing, but if you choose to, then that's groovy, man. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is I give them all the options that I'm aware of. And then let them pick. You hope they pick the same one as you. You know, you, of course you do. You hope they follow your kind of way of thinking. But they might not, and that's fine. But, you know, the urge is there to sort of try and set them straight as far as you know. But uh, the, the one thing I know is that I don't know. So I, I try well, not to I do, do that. Know. I try and lay them I out do, in the I buffet. Do I, do know. Do. I do know. When, 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 when you die, that's it. It's game over. I do know that. But at the same time, sometimes it's a comforting fairy story, isn't it? Especially yeah. when they're little. It's, a, it's you know, it's a man, whatever. But and I, and I found my attitude has softened as I got older. When I was a kid, I was, when I was in my twenties, thirties, vehement um, atheist, and now it's like, well, you know. See, I wasn't. Whatever. I remember having a bit of a row with my mum about taking the children to um, Sunday school because oh. uh, she said, "Well, you always went." I went, which is why I don't want them to go necessarily. Yeah. And if I do, then I want. To, I Hang want on, to was go I with them. was I atheist or agnostic? I never. I can which one doesn't believe at all? Which atheist, one's open? Atheist thinks that there is no god at all. Yeah, and agnostic a little bit. Isn't sure. Yeah. Simon's getting bored. He's turning the telly on. Right, Simon. <laughs> that, that, that's my cue to crack on. Is it? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There are long delays on the M40 towards London from Junction 6 for Watlington to Junction 4 for High Wycombe after an accident earlier with the car hitting the central reservation and knocking over one of the street lamp columns. It's looking fine in the other direction, but the A40 in Piddington has been closed at Old Oxford Road. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. And the A1 is very busy southbound from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat roundabout. On the trains, the London Underground has severe delays on the Metropolitan Line between Watford and Harrow on the Hill. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. People living in Luton are accusing the council of covering up the truth about a survey of the town which still hasn't been published almost two years on. And police in the American state of South Carolina say a gunman has shot dead nine people at a Methodist church in Charleston. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers achieved their highest ever one-day run chase to beat New Zealand by seven wickets at Trent Bridge and level the series at two all. England reached their target of 350 in only 44 overs, with Captain Owen Morgan and Joe Root both making centuries. Captain Morgan says it's good to be playing entertaining cricket for the fans again. The support we've had throughout the series has been brilliant. I know we've played in games that have been great to watch. And we haven't necessarily got over the line probably enough times. So, I mean, we've we've made it into a bit of a final now in Durham, which is very exciting and, and puts a bit more on it. So it's great to see and it's, it's great to see the turnaround we've had. England have qualified for the second round of the Women's World Cup after a 2-1 win over Colombia with first-half goals from Karen Carney and Farah Williams. Mark Sampson's side will face Norway in the second round. It's a good performance today, game of two halves. thought the team showed fantastic creativity in the first half. Deserved more than what they got, really. Every time we got the final third, there was a foul, so we had to resort to set pieces. And then second half, good character, good maturity, just to see the game out professionally. Wickham striker Stephen Craig is leaving Adams Park after a two-year spell. The 34-year-old made 36 appearances last season, scoring in the playoff semi-final victory at Plymouth before featuring as a substitute in the final at Wembley. Mo Farah is facing allegations in the Daily Mail that he missed two drugs tests in the run-up to the London Olympics. The athlete told UK anti-doping agency that he missed one of the tests because he didn't hear his doorbell when testers visited his home. The US Open golf starts today at Chambers Bay, just outside Seattle. And Andy Murray plays Spain's Fernando Vadasco in the Queen's Club tournament today. French Open champion Stan Vavrinka was knocked out yesterday. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at so, eight. So, I'm so sorry, Simon. Now, cause the, 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 in the new studio, before you used to sit up in a, a horrible, tatty little box, and now you get to sit with me, and it's a joy for everybody. Sorry, Mo Farah missed a drugs test for, for why? Uh, didn't hear the doorbell. <laughs> Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This oh, is Ian man. Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, that will do it. That would do it. He didn't hear the doorbell, boys and girls. That's certainly going to do Give it. Give us a whisper. Sorry? Give us a shout. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. Boom, 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 yes. boom. Yes. Boom, boom. Boom. Thank you. Boom, so, boom, 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 boom. Finished? He didn't hear the doorbell, guys. <laughs> oh, mo, 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 mo. Notice how quickly they turn. 
see how quickly they turn. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459 455 555. Not got it wrong once. Um, what have you got series linked? Uh, what is uh, the rubbish on television that hypnotises you? This is after they have commissioned, and I can't get a gig on TV, guys. They've commissioned Ben Shepherd to host uh, another 325 episodes of Tipping Point. I was... Um, Supposed to hope the, the way they do these these programs is they film like four or five a day, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll rattle through them. And I was years ago was um, Channel Five wanted me to do like a, a daytime game show, and they wanted about forty five of them, and it was four a day. And the money was all right, the money was really good, and I just couldn't do it. This is one of the problems of my career. As instead of going, oh, that's quite a bit of money and a bit of exposure, I went, nah, get stuffed. Boring. Yeah, get stuffed. They gave it to um, um, who's who's the fella that talks like that? You used to be friends with Edith Borman Colin, Colin Murray. Murray ladies and gentlemen it's the Colin, Colin Murray chorus they give it to give it to Colin Murray I used to be friends with Edith Borman are they not friends anymore I what don't do you know probably, well they're probably friends now but he's on talk sport mm. and she's not she's on Radio 1 <laughs> she's not on Radio 1 no more no oh, I like Edith she's nice mm. I don't, I've never met him I don't think I bet he's a nice fella as well I went to see a film in A Family Fortunes when I was a student. Hey. That really was, uh, you know, hammering. He really was hammering that. Who was hammering it? Uh, it was Les Dennis. Oh. And he w- looked as jaded as you would expect when yeah. the cameras were off. Yeah, those uh, things are soulless. And the way they filmed them, he would go, what do you think? He would, right, move along the family. Yeah. And they would shoot his, like, close-up bits of him asking yeah. the question, what do you think, Jane? Straight away. Bill, what do you reckon? Yeah. What's your answer, Tim? Oh, those it, it went things, like that and it was all the way through. Those had things to keep laughing. A soulless. I couldn't. I jokes. couldn't. I did one for when uh, it was UK Play was the channel, whatever it's called now. And it was called Mental. And it was written by the same guy that um, uh, wrote um, uh, Borat. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near as good as Borat. It was called Mental. It was quite a good idea, but it was, I just, it, I think we filmed two a day. Uh, and it was eight contestants. And um, there'll be like, it was music quiz, and there'd be like a dozen categories, and it'd be like the Beatles. And so it'll be Steve's go, and Steve would um, have to uh, think of a quiz. It's so complicated. Go, I'll pick the Beatles, and I'm going to ask Elsie a question about the Beatles. And then he'd have to make up a question about the Beatles, right? Or whatever he'd chosen. And if they got it right, they'd get the point. If they didn't get it right, he'd get the point. He made it up. The contestant made it up. The contestant made it up. And that was the genius. The problem was, this was in 2001 when we only had 56k dial-up. So we had two boffins in the corner that had to fact-check every question. And these people that we had on as contestants were real geeks. They knew their music inside out. So they'd ask a really obscure question um, about what record label did uh, John Lennon... Re- you, you know, And the internet wasn't that big then. The internet was rubbish. It might not have been And so you'd have to stop li- sometimes like 20, 25 minutes while <laughs> they fact-checked... The, the the question slows things down. Oh, a bit. it was awful, and I and um, oh, and I just I just couldn't do it. I didn't have the patience. Again, another reason my career faltered, um, which I'm thinking about a lot at the moment. Uh, I didn't have the patience to to do it, and uh, pe- like, people. They Jimmy Carr was the warm up man. This what? is how long ago Jimmy Carr was my warm up man, right? And uh, it was filmed at um, I'm gonna say Elstree, but I'm not sure. And in the next door studio, they were filming the Brian Connolly show, right? And that would just fill out. The audience would fill. So the uh, the overflow of the audience from Brian Connolly would come and watch this. And so half the audience were these pensioners that are expecting it's a puppet, and they're getting me, you know, making arch jokes about the Beach Boys and the Monkeys. You know, it really was one of the most hellish experiences of my life. Any Texas? Yes. Good. 
Oh, hang on a minute. I've got a, a button for that. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Yeah. You got a text. Sean the trucker. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> Sean the trucker says. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Oh, actually, yeah, be careful. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's one of my sons. She's not an married adult. to my son. That'd be weird. She's an adult female. Sean the trucker. No, no, she's not. With... She's a young boy. What? I'm getting so confused. Hang Sean on. the trucker says. You got a text. There we go. That's not his wife. Sean the trucker. All series link for me on Sky. The Interceptor, a new BBC drama, and of course, <laughs> I mean, he says this as if it's of course everyone's done it. Deadliest catch. Now, uh, well, deadliest de- catch. I'm assuming that's that's a uh, big Fishing, fish. Isn't it? Yeah. Now the interceptor is that the it's interceptor. Not, it's not the good one that I used to love. The interceptor. And it was ah, that. It was. Ah. Was it Richard Jobson was running around trying to kill women or something? Jumping out of um, helicopters with a leather coat. Mm. The interceptor. And they were sort of playing quasar, weren't they? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. The backpacks. It's kind of like a cross between um, Treasure Quest and um, being stalked. Yeah. Me and my friends used to play that on the way home from school. Treasure stalk. No. Stalk Quest. Yeah. Thanks very much indeed. Now, the government is being... Oh, no, hang on a second. We've done that one. <clears throat> you all right there? Who's coughing? Could you coughing not? Coughing Esther. Coughing Esther. <laughs> At some point or other, we've all broken down and had to call the AA, the RAC, Green Flag, or our dads. And it's always a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, one man had to call the AA from, well, um, mm, <clears throat> what I like to call a pervert's paradise. A nudist camp in Buckinghamshire, dressed only in his shirt and carrying a tennis racket. Ooh, kinky. After locking himself out, um, the patrol... Do I have to read this sentence out? No. I'll read it. Who wrote this stuff? The well, pa- I didn't re- write that right. The patrolman who went to the job said he became the butt of jokes afterwards. Well, have a guess who wrote that particular line. Tony Fisher. Of course it was. I, well, I bet that guy was nuts. Crackers. He had a tennis racket, but did he have balls? Well, unless it was badminton, in which case he would have had... Um... Where did it happen? Was it bushy? Guys? Okay, your guest is there. I think we've cracked it. Uh, Ian Crowder is from the AA. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning to you, Ian. Uh, good morning, and I'm very pleased to tell you I'm fully clothed. Uh, thank goodness for that. I'm, I'm, I'll put mine on in that case. Um, a nudie, ma- a nudie man pulled up, broken over, broken down by the side of the road. Uh, we've seen everything and some more. I can tell you um, on the on the roadside. Uh, this actually features in the AA's new television advertising, um, which starts tonight. Um, and uh, it's one of a number of real-life situations uh, that patrols come across, and this is a genuine one. It's our patrol. Mike Giddens was called to a job where the member had actually locked his keys in a 4x4, which is, you know, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. It happens all the time. In fact, Cheeky. it's one of the most popular call-outs. But, yep. you know, um, uh, when he arrived, as you say, he found that the guy was just wearing a shirt and oh. carrying a tennis racket. Oh. And he said it, this was really quite embarrassing because it took him about 40 minutes to get into the car because it was deadlocked. And yeah. uh, he could see it reflected in the glass as he was working a crowd of naked people watching mm. him. So uh, Was it so- hard? <laughs> to get in the car. Well, well, at the end when mm. he uh, <laughs> when he did mm. successfully get in the get in the car, uh, and AA patrols are good at getting in places like that. Um, yes. He did manage to resist shouting, "New balls, please!" There but... we go. <laughs> what are the, the, you, you may not know this, Ian. Is it? I'm assuming it's illegal to drive in the nuddy, isn't it? Um, you 
<laughs> That's a really good question. It is, isn't it? And I know it's not really your specialist <laughs> subject, but I'm just, I, 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 I mean... I've never tried it, I have to say. Well, but, let us know uh, if you get pulled over, won't you? Uh, well, if you get pulled over, um, I dare say you could be, uh, could be done for... Indecent exposure. Just being, just being stupid. What are some of the other things that have happened to your, your well, teams? Well, there's, there's lots of things, and, um, you know, a couple of them feature in this um, advertising. For instance, um, uh, this is a cracking one, mirror image car, which had misfueled. Um, somebody had welded together two uh, two cars so that Ooh. when it was driving along, you've got a bonnet at each end hey. and an AA badge on each grille. And um, when... When the guy arrived to, to see both bonnets up, you know, which end do you go to first? Well, again, it refers to the first story as well, doesn't it? It really is. Uh, do you? Now, listen, I'm an old man, um, Ian. Uh, you and me both. Thank you very much indeed. And I, I, I just remember back in the 70s, well, maybe they'd stop this, but back in the 70s, uh, that if you had, my dad had the metal AA badge on the front yes, of his car. Yes. And yeah. you, uh, it, I remember a long trip to Cornwall um, before the big motorways were there. I'm so old. Long trip to Cornwall. We broke down. He had the metal badge on, on uh, in the front of his car and the gentleman that came from the AA had to, to salute him. Does that still happen? Uh, it's impractical these days. Oh, the the salute has never been banned, but um, 10 years ago on a centenary, we did reintroduce the salute, and wherever um, the A badge was spotted, an A man saluted, and we got our patrols to salute the yeah. uh, salute the motorists as they approached. It's never been banned. Some people say it's been banned, but um, you know, road safety and all that. And it's also you know quite difficult. Those were the days, of course, when. Um, AA patrols were riding motorcycle combinations, yeah. um, but now they're in vans, and uh, it's it's more difficult to do that. But um, I, I don't know whether you realise this, but the salute came about right at the beginning of the AA when, um, uh, in 1905, those uh, few wealthy motorists who were lucky enough to have a car wanted to drive them as fast as possible, yeah. and they get qu- getting caught in speed traps, so they employed scouts oh. to uh, alert them. Um, and so that was the salute. Time, well, to, uh, slow, to slow down. With, to, to start with, it wasn't. Oh, the, it was funny? just to get them to slow down. And then, <laughs> and then the government made it illegal to um, to warn somebody yeah. of uh, a speed trap ahead, and it's still against the law to do oh, that. Oh, I today. know. Yes, you, you sometimes you see people flash. flash I saw you. a bloke flashing, yeah. and then he got pulled yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, oh, isn't that uh, funny? I didn't know that's but, where the salute uh, came from. So, so the so they fitted badges to the cars, and if yep. the patrol saluted you knew it was all right but if he just stood there standing by the road doing nothing then you knew there was a speed trap and it's not against the law to stand by the road and do nothing isn't that funny so that's how it all started but of course the cars were very unreliable so these guys tended to be mechanics and um uh were employed to help mend the cars why to start with there are bicycles and then motorcycles and uh now today we're rescuing somebody every nine seconds why do they why do they make it so hard to take the nuts off of wheels these days because i get embarrassed having and i have called the aa out uh (laughs) to to change my wheel and i feel i know how to do it i just can't unscrew the nuts well i'll tell you what that's the second most popular if that's popular is the right word call out yeah uh because uh, getting on for half of cars on britain's roads nowadays don't even have a spare no they have this weird thing where they, you kind of fill it with a hard foam, don't you? You do. Uh, well, it's not a hard foam, but what it does is block the hole temporarily. It doesn't work in every case, but the, the thing is that, um, you know, the nuts are put on using a torque wrench yeah. uh, at, uh, at the garage, um, 
but they can be extremely stiff and you get a fairly flimsy um, device to undo them with many cars. And then when you've undone the nuts, sometimes because the uh, wheel is aluminium and the wheel it, or the uh, and the attachment to the wheel, the hub, is made of steel, sometimes the steel corrodes and it kind of welds itself to the yeah. wheel. Um, so there's no embarrassment, to be honest. To oh, be I honest, feel I'm under no you because these these are really talented people, and I feel I'm underusing them, and I'm not, uh, you know, uh, being. Ian, listen, I've got to move on because uh, absolutely fascinating stuff. It's all about the advertising campaign that starts tonight. Um, it is. Uh, this it is. afternoon, yeah. do you fancy going over to the RAC headquarters and chucking eggs at them? Well, do you know that's funny you should say that because um, only yesterday I heard of a of a call where a guy uh, had uh, locked his chicken in the car. What? And the chicken was on the way to a photo shoot. What? Uh, Kinky. And, <laughs> Reader's uh, hens. Uh, well, it, it was. It was. He was a poultry uh, fancier. Yeah. Uh, well, steady. Steady. Uh, well. You're very and, naughty. And he, he was going to this uh, photo shoot, and uh, it was a prize chicken. Yeah. Um, and um, so he got there, and he managed to uh, unlock the car, much to the relief of the driver. Yeah. Meanwhile, the chicken had laid an egg, so oh. the patrol ended up with a fresh egg. For no, and, and on that bombshell, we'll, we'll leave you there. Ian Crowder from the AA, thank you very much indeed. Oh, three, sorry, Catherine, you'll leave you doing... On that eggshell. Yeah, probably not worth me um, raising that fader, was it? No. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M40 towards London from Junction 6 for Watlington to Junction 4 for High Wycombe after an accident earlier where a car hit the central reservation. All the lanes have been reopened but it's still looking really slow and it's causing problems on the surrounding routes. The A40 Oxford Road is slow southbound between Kingston Hill and Marlow Road and there's also been another accident on the A40 at Chips Hill which is causing delays from Water End Road in the queues where people have been diverting. The A1 southbound in Hendon has long delays approaching the M1 Junction 2 for 5 Boys Corner back from Boreham Woods and on the train departure boards the 806 service from Milton Keynes Central to Manchester has been delayed and the 810 train from High Wycombe to London Marlebone has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. By the way, everybody on Twitter who's making a very, very funny joke, I'll perform it for you in a moment, don't worry. Right now, though, it's 7.47, it's Thursday the 18th of June, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London, in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. Luton Borough Council say a survey about the town will be published in the coming days after criticism that its findings were being covered up. And police in the American state of South Carolina say a gunman has shot dead nine people at a Methodist church in Charleston. Let's get the weather, here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's going to be a lovely sunny day again today and it'll feel nice and warm in the sunshine, but it won't be quite as humid, quite as close as it was yesterday. Uh, so good news for uh, for many of us. There won't be quite as much in the way of cloud either, but plenty of sunshine. Temperatures uh, all the way up to probably around 21, even 22 degrees Celsius. The air feeling a lot fresher, just a light northwesterly breeze. Uh, all in all, it's a pretty decent day, but the UV levels are high and the pollen levels today are very high. Now, as we head into the evening, 
it overnight. Uh, I think we're going to see a lovely evening to come, lots of late sunshine. And then through the night, it will stay dry. Lows of around 11 or 12 degrees. We'll start the day off tomorrow on a nice sunny note, particularly for southern areas of the three counties. And then gradually, we'll see cloud increase through the day, but it should stay dry. And we're looking at highs of probably around 18 or 19 degrees. So just a little bit cooler as we lose the sunshine as we head through the uh, through at least the late afternoon. Now, uh, as we head through the weekend, we might just see a few showers around a little bit more in the way of cloud on Saturday, but still lots of bright spells, some spells of sunshine as well, and there will be lots of dry weather around two temperatures just getting into the 20s. That's the forecast. Hang on, right, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Oh, I've got that one there. So that's all it was, I was pressing C instead of A. This summer, dip into the BBC Proms, part of BBC Music. Tickets are now available to the world's greatest classical music festival. Wonderful piano concertos, more concerts for families to enjoy, and over 20 world premieres of brand new music, from the opening night to the last night. Tickets are on sale for the BBC Proms. Go to bbc.co.uk forward slash proms to find out more. For all of those... Oh, no, that didn't work, did it? Hang on. There we go. Oh, OK, hang on a second. My name is Carl. There we go, classics. Now, for all of those making the jokes um, about Mo Farah... Knockers are better. I think he's learnt that lesson. He didn't hear the doorbell, guys. That's why he missed his drug test. Oh. He did... Uh, the, Mo? Doorbells. No. Knockers are better. That's the, the thing we've learnt. Thank you to everybody on Twitter who's writing my material this morning. May God bless you. Didn't Rio Ferdinand miss drug test as well? Was he another one? Yep. Just forgot? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh well. And we're not saying anything. We're it just, happens. Just, we're just saying. Knockers are better. There we go. That's, what, that's, all, that's all we're saying. Why does that not work? My name is Khan. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin Dealey. Oh, good morning, boss. How are you? Oh, listen, I've got this on a loop. Listen to this. All fish fingers. All fish fingers. <laughs> all fish fingers. All fish fingers. I love this machine so so much. I want if you want to if you want to play with it, twenty pence a go. Oh please, seriously, I would give you twenty pounds to play on that machine. All right, yeah, yeah, that's great. Twenty pounds a go. Yeah, lovely. I love it, and it's already it's 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 filling up. Thanks to your good work this morning, we now have. I'm now in the urinal section. You see, yeah, any of those you want to get, you just go and get them, brother. Now, TV shows they have recommissioned. 325 episodes of Tipping Point. <laughs> Why? <laughs> tipping Point. I, I mean, mean I, f- I find it very hard to tell one episode from another. It's because well, it's because it's uh, people watch it and it's cheap. That that's why. That's that's what it all boils down to. But bring back watercolor challenge. Oh, I mean I, that was beautiful. I bet it was pricey to make though. I mm. bet it because you, you had to go out on location. Easels. You you had um, to spend four hours, you know, feeding Hannah Gordon while they painted. Yeah. Um, you know, giving her all of the pleasures that she required and she demanded and she deserved. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, the tipping point, you film it, get that bunch out, get the next ones in. You know what's happened as well. Yeah. Who's had the tent? budget great british bake-off oh you see you see 
Justin, uh, you've taken yeah. something to do with like with yeah. this a lot to the streets. I'm not quite sure what, but I'm looking forward to hearing it. Well, you spoke earlier on about uh, Series Link. You were asking the question, which oh. programs have you got on Series Link, and yeah. also which programs when when you're sitting there watching them, you know yourself it's wrong. Okay, you should not be watching that program. It's absolute rubbish. But but you're obsessed with that program. Yeah. So we've got Series Link and rubbish TV programs in one on the streets of Dunstable this morning. Where the Here's vibe what, apparently is yeah. is it says Seriously. on your Twitter feed. Very strong. <laughs> a jigsaw a... of swag, bants and hard dogs. Yeah, there's a lovely staffy about 10 yards away as we speak, actually. Oh. But so, no, no, there's a great vibe on the streets this morning. Really enjoying uh, life here in Dunstable. Here's what happened earlier this morning. OK, look at you this morning in these Chardays. Your sunglasses look fantastic. Thank you. No problem. So, we're talking this morning about TV programmes that you've got on Series Link. What is it for you? The Walking Dead. What's Walking Dead? It's about all the walkers and the zombies and Rick Grimes <laughs> and everyone. It's great. It sounds hideous, if it's I'm being brilli- honest. It's brilliant. And are there any TV programmes which you will openly admit are absolutely dreadful, but you sit and you watch them all the time? Yeah, Geordie Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> You're the second person to say that this morning. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 49. <laughs> never asked that to a lady. But that's aimed at young people yeah. in their teens and their 20s. You're 49, you're watching it. Why do you love Geordie Shaw so much? It's, I just think, oh, I'm glad my children aren't like that. <laughs> that's a great really? answer. <laughs> Listen, enjoy your day at work. Take Thank care. You. Lovely to meet you. And you. Diane, Series Link, what have you got for us? Castle. Castle? Yeah, it's on Alibi. Okay, A, what's Castle? B, what's Alibi? Alibi is a station, TV station, and it's all detective series. And Castle is a novelist who helps the police force. Come on, this sounds dreadful. It is dreadful, but it's addictive. And that's the thing that Ian's been talking about this morning, TV shows that, that, that you know, when you press play, you know that programme is absolute garbage, garbage, but you can't get off the sofa. But it's, it's just addictive. Let's get the geezer's perspective. You're going, oh, look at that tattoo. What tattoo's that? What? Which one? Wow, it's taken up your whole leg. What is it? It takes up all my body. Okay. Um, TV shows that you know are rubbish, but you have to watch them. Love Island. Why? Because of the women in it. <laughs> I take it that uh, you're not married or you've got a girlfriend? I've got a girlfriend, sort of. And she doesn't mind you sitting there perving at the ladies on Love Island? No, she's normally in bed. <laughs> Good plan. Okay, cheers. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Now, I, I can't believe, again, this is another programme, I can't believe they've brought back Love Island. It was rubbish first time around, it was rubbish second time around, third yep. time around, is it going to be any better? No. I just don't get it. No. Mind you, if you uh, if they said to you, OK, and i tell you what, uh, how about you present the programme, how would you feel about that? It depends how much money they offered. I've, I've walked out of very well-paid gigs because I wasn't feeling the vibe. <laughs> but I've walked out of very well-paid gigs because the vibe wasn't strong. Now, now if, it, if it pays well and I can fit it in, yeah, go on then. Yeah, I'll have some of that. I walked out in the last series of the Eleven O'clock Show, okay, a week before it went on air. It completely screwed up my career, but because uh, uh, I thought it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a high enough standard for me. Okay, this is when I, wow. I, had, I had integrity. Um, uh, when, when you come in, I'll tell you how much money I would have earned. I admire you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair play to you. I walked away from £90,000, guys. 90... 90 grand. £9,000 a week, 10 weeks. I walked away from that. You know, well, I was an idiot. I was well, an idiot. If, you, if you didn't believe in it, how would yeah. you go on TV and, yeah. uh, and make it, well, yeah. how, how you want it to be? Uh, that, that, and that's another reason my career's not worked so well, is because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't suck it and see. Couldn't bite it. Uh, Justin, we'll speak to you yep. later on. Cheers, my Thank days. you. Ta-ta, 90. 
thousand of your earth pounds, ladies and gentlemen. I walked away from that's how much that's the price of integrity. Integrity is for uh, young people and idiots. But the thing is, though, it's a gamble. I guess at your, I mean, at that point, you yep. thought that there was much more to come, and you boy, thought, boy, I don't want to ruin my reputation uh, with this garbage. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Hey, a dental patient has had a broken metal drill bit. I need to go to the <gasps> dentist. Lodged in her mouth for more than two years oh. after it snapped off during root canal surgery. It gets worse and worse. A series of medics... Oh, oh, poor Alison Southwood. A series of medics have been unwilling to remove it because they fear damaging Alison Southwood's facial nerves. <gasps> it sounds awful, doesn't it? Just awful. <gasps> I know. The sales manager, 44, was told that the drill was lodged too far to retrieve when it snapped at Genix Healthcare in Gloucestershire. Never. Yeah, it happened. She said, I was dumbfounded. I was just sent away. Now, she was awarded £5,500. Is that all? Yeah. I would have just thought... Hey, listen, if you ever go to a dentist, they've got a broken drill bit. <laughs> so all you got to do, just get out of there. <laughs> just get out of there as quickly as you can, for goodness sakes. I've st- OK, here's the thing, right? I've started brushing my teeth twice a day now. Goodness me, wow. Thank you, girls. Hang on, let's stand up. Oh, but, no, hang on a minute. Okay, no, you, you don't say that. I've only got one filling, and I only had that filling in the last year. Yeah, but how often do you go to the dentist? You might need more, and you I don't used to know. go every six months, mate. I used to go every six... Well, you used I don't, to. Well, I don't... Well, obviously, I don't need more, and I do know, because I went last year, and they said you need one filling. Okay. So that argument is nonsense. Okay. He said, holding back a burp. Um, but so I've started brushing my teeth at night time as well, right? Yeah. Right. So then when I wake up in the morning, why does my mouth taste like a bear has done a poo in it? Because that's just what happens well, when you get older. I'm going to stop brushing my teeth then because I don't want my mouth to taste so horrible. Disgusting. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are long queues on the M40 towards London from Junction 6 for Watlington towards Junction 4 for High Wycombe after an accident there earlier, but it's looking fine in the other direction on the speed sensors. It is looking slow still southbound in the surrounding areas and the A40 Wycombe Road has been blocked by an accident at Chips Hill, which is causing delays from Water End Road in both directions. On the M1 southbound, it's slow from Junction 12 for Flittick and the M25 is looking busy anti-clockwise between Junction 26 for Fourth Abbey and 25 for Enfield. On the A1, it's also busy southbound at the M1 junction 2 for Five Ways Corner with delays on the approach from Boreham Wood. And on the London Underground, the Metropolitan Line has minor delays now between Watford and Moore Park after a signal failure at Watford earlier. Samantha Bruff, BBC Free Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Man, there's another hour to go. We'll get some more nonsense from Dust, uh, Dustin. <coughs> Dustin Geely. Oh. with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. The headlines, man charged over attack on pregnant woman, nine dead in US church shooting, an Archbishop of Canterbury visiting Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in which she lost her baby. The 21-year-old victim, named in reports as Bedfordshire University graduate Mallory Bantala, was set upon near her home in South London. More from Nick Qureshi. Scotland Yard says the woman, who was 32 weeks pregnant, was attacked attacked in Peckham on Monday night by two men wearing motorcycle helmets. The police took her to hospital after she was forced to wait more than an hour for an ambulance that never arrived. The London Ambulance Service has said a 999 call wasn't treated as a priority. The woman lost her baby in hospital. She herself remains in a critical condition. Kevin Wilson, who's 20 and from Bermondsey, has been charged with child destruction and grievous bodily harm with intent. He's due before magistrates later today. Nine people have been killed in a shooting inside a historic African-American church in the city of Charleston in South Carolina. Police are treating the attack as a hate crime. They're looking for a white man in his 20s. Luton Borough Council say a survey about the town will be published in the coming days after criticism that its findings were being covered up. The perceptions of Luton's survey was carried out in October 2013 with views from hundreds of residents. Roadworks have started being put into place for the construction of Junction 11A on the M1 in Bedfordshire. It will create a direct link with the A5 north of Dunstable and is due to be completed at the start of 2017. Andrew Salou, the Conservative MP for South West Bedfordshire, says it's taken far too long to get to this stage. If we can't build the vital infrastructure we need, whether it's roads, you know, railways, airports, power stations, whatever it is, more quickly... I really do worry it's going to hold us back in terms of our economy and being competitive. I know this is something the government wants to do, so we absolutely have to learn lessons about how we do this sort of thing more quickly. A United Nations investigator wants an independent examination into how women are treated at Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after being denied access. Rashida Manjou has issued a report looking at how well the UK deals with violence against women. The Archbishop of Canterbury is beginning a three-day visit to Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire today. Justin Welby's tour of the St Albans Diocese starts in Luton this morning. More from Lee Agnew. After the visit to St Mary's Church in Luton, the Archbishop will move on to St Paul's Church in Langleybury and the Grand Union Canal at Hunton Bridge. Tomorrow he starts at St John's at Farley Hill in Luton before visiting the prison chaplaincy at Bedford Prison, the rural ministry at Shuttleworth College and the living room in Stevenage which provides ministry to people with addictions. Then on Saturday he'll be taking part in the annual pilgrimage festival at St Albans Cathedral. In sport, England's cricketers achieved their highest ever one-day run chase to beat New Zealand at Trent Bridge and England have qualified for the second round of the Women's World Cup after a 2-1 win over Colombia. The weather dry and sunny but feeling less humid than yesterday, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Doorbells. Knockers are better. It's a lesson for Mo. Carl, has, uh, this will mean nothing to a lot of you. Carla suggested also unconfirmed rumours that Farah missed the second drugs test because his athletics kit started moving by itself. <laughs> You're very naughty, you lot. Morning, Ian Lee. Be- Thank you, Simon. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, three minutes past eight. What happens to the weather in Dunstable at around about a quarter to eight? Because brilliant sunshine this morning, and now it's, it kind of it, it clouds over. 
what on earth is going on? So, TV shows you've got on Series Link. Don't be shy, don't be embarrassed. I used to have Cash in the Attic and Flog It on Series Link. And the great thing about recording Flog It was... You could fast-forward past all the boring history bits where he'd go to the local dairy farm and look at the old-fashioned ways they used to milk cows. I've just remembered what I was obsessed with. Yeah, go on. Coach Trip. Oh, oh. Coach Trip with coach Brendan. Trip. With Brendan. So good. You I... make a comedy comment and yeah. then move off camera sideways. The best Coach Trip ever, and I believe I was asked to do Coach Trip, the best Coach Trip ever was... Um, the bloke from Dollar, celebrity yes, one. I saw that one. And uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Baker, Baker from Bucks Fizz. Because he stole the name mm. Bucks Fizz. And she said, at the end, she, so everyone's voting each other. And I, I vote for Sunita because I thought the way that when we were doing that modelling thing, the clay thing, I didn't think she got involved. And Cheryl went, I'm voting for the bloke from Dollar because I absolutely hate him. <laughs> but wasn't he with Tony Blackburn? Oh, what? I uh, think he was. I don't, I don't remember it that well. Coach Trip was good, yeah. yeah I loved it. Oh, uh, rubbish TV shows that were, you're, you're just kind of obsessed with them. We're not doing old TV shows. 03459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I can make that fade even better. Uh, have we got any Texas? Got one. Go on, give us it's some anonymous. Texas, Are you yeah. sure you want it? And, oh, yes, I do. I'm giving do. you the option. I want the option of anonymous. It says 3CR doorbells. Oh, guys, come on! Will you grow up? Doorbells. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's a great text. I really appreciate all of your input. I really do. Eight one three double three. Start your text 3CR now. Is uh, an interesting story. Luton Borough Council is being accused of withholding the results of a survey about the town's reputations because it didn't like the answers. The Perceptions of Luton survey was carried out in October 2013. Lib Dem councillor David Franks is threatening to make a formal complaint if he isn't given a full explanation of what's going on. If only we had David Franks to talk to. We do. Morning, David. Oh, no, hang on a second. Let me try that again. Good morning, David. Good morning, Ian. New studio. My fat fingers can't find the right knob. Story of my life. Right. Uh, this this uh, Perceptions of Luton survey, it was October 2013. I've already had a few people emailing me saying, well, I'm a Luton resident. I didn't know anything about this. Was, was it given much publicity at the time? Well, no, it wasn't, actually. Um, <clears throat> and I, I guess one of the reasons they're a bit worried about the results is that it didn't get very much response. But then, you know, what do you expect if you put out a survey and don't, put a lot of publicity behind it, you're not going to get a lot of response, are you? But, I mean, my, my, my real... I've got two real beefs about Go this. On. One is, what, why on earth is it taking them so long to, to uh, actually get anywhere near publishing it, and they're still not promising to publish it? And the second is, um, you, you, I, I guess you, you spoke to um, Colin earlier. One of the residents, yeah. Yeah, um, he, he's been asking poor Colin the same question for 18 months and they've given him no answers at all. I mean, surely we should be encouraging people who care about the environment in which they live uh, and not ignoring them. Your, what are your fears? You've not seen the results at all, have you? You don't know what, no. what's going on. No, 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 you... no, I haven't. No, what, I don't, what... I don't know. Sorry, one of your concerns is that maybe um, it, this survey doesn't paint Luton in um, a particularly positive way and uh, the council don't want people to know that. Is that right? Well, that, I mean, that's a speculation, Ian, isn't yeah. it? Um, but th there's got to be a reason why they haven't published it. <clears throat> and that's the, the obvious conclusion that people are going to come to. I, we don't know whether it's right or whether it's wrong, but it's, 
it's one of the questions that I want answered. Well, we've got a statement from uh, uh, the council. They say this. The perceptions of Luton survey formed a valuable part of our research in preparing the Luton investment framework, which was approved by executive on the 8th of June. Publication of the report's findings, here we go, is anticipated in the coming days and we hope we'll be invited onto the show in the near future to discuss the report with you then. So it looks like they are going to publish it after you and then us and some other people gave them a boot up the backside. Yeah, well, you know, you shouldn't need to have to go to those lengths no, of to course get not. the results of a survey like this published. Um, it, I don't, we don't know why they haven't published it, but I, one of the things I do want to know is exactly why they haven't. I want to know what the reasoning is. It's not, I don't just want a, a statement that you like, the one you just read out from a council spin doctor. Uh, you know, I want the people who are actually responsible for organising this to tell me why they haven't published the results. There's got to be a reason. Uh, the council says the survey only cost two thousand pounds as well. That's that's all right if it's two grand, isn't it? That's that's not excessive. Well, it's it's not excessive, but on the other hand, well, you know, is it two thousand pounds well spent? Mm. I guess I guess we might be able to make that judgment when we know what it says I and tell you how what, many people responded to it. Listen, uh, uh, David. They've said that they've said that they that the results will come out in the next few days. Okay, in, in well, no, sorry, they've said in the coming days, which is actually doesn't mean anything i've just realized now i've said it out loud um no, when the no, results when the results do come out and we're going to make sure that we get all of the results not just the the bits that they want us to get um maybe we can get you on the show and we can uh, speak to the council as well and we can kind of go through it would you be up for that yeah i certainly would Brilliant. i certainly would but but i agree with you you want the whole result not yeah. just the bits not you don't want cherry picking yeah oh yeah we want we want to see the whole thing all right listen thanks for bringing it to our attention david and, and we'll, we'll make sure that we uh, we keep pursuing them for this and hopefully fingers crossed we can uh, speak again next week and go through it in, in the coming days ian in in the yes yeah, so thank you david we'll speak in the coming days i mean that could yeah. be like in the next 30 years those days are coming we oh, just yeah, don't yeah. know uh, david i appreciate your time thank you very much indeed um councillor david franks he's he's right he'll be on the show in the coming days Oh, man. Um, Dennis is in Dunstable. Good morning, Lee, Ian. Good morning, Dunstable, Dennis. Now then, you were talking about your teeth. I've got 22 teeth and they're all my own. And they're in a box under the stairs? No, no, they're all in my mouth and they've stayed there for the last eight I wish days. I looked after my teeth. That's right, but you see, we came from when the school dentist used to come round with a pedal machine, not one of these high-pitched oh, grinders. yeah, yeah, yeah. High pitch uh, grinder. That's the uh, the update the on the lady famous who app. Came with him was like Jowsy's grandmother. Was more terrified of her than the dentist. And um, I mean, I remember sitting there where they pulled <laughs> two top teeth at the back yeah. and two bottom teeth at the back. Sat there with big punches of cotton wool sticking out of my mouth. Yeah. But then, as soon as you'd taken that out, you showed all the other kids how brave you were down that line. It was a game. I, How brave I, that was to have all these teeth out. I know? had a lot of teeth taken out as a kid, and I had braces, and I, I was at the dentist and the orthodontist uh, yeah. for so much of my youth. So I'm not afraid of the dentist, but no. uh, my least, one of my least favourite things, in, two of my least favourite things in the world, an injection in the gum, that never gets easier, even when they put the cream on it to numb it so you don't feel the injection. Yeah. And also, if anybody's had a tooth pulled out, the... <laughs> noise you get in your head as that tooth is being pulled out it is just awful 
Well, I've got an extremely good dentist now. A lady dentist, actually. She pulled a, one of the teeth at the front out because it was loose. And now I said, it's a bit, it's, it's a bit. When I'm talking. Whistle a bit, you know. Yeah. But no, I had a, a, a set made to fill the two spaces. It was like wearing a supermarket trolley. So I've, I've ditched it completely. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make a joke, Catherine. Maybe you can help me on Go this. On, yes, because uh, you know funny people, so you could perhaps ask them. Mm. I'm trying to make a joke, guys, um, and it's about a sexy dentist. Yeah, um, is feeling a bit lonely. Yes, you could and call me any time. No, <laughs> but it's about. But and the punchline is, and she pulled a tooth. I was toying with pulling a tooth fairy, and I thought, well, probably, um, no. probably inappropriate. She pulled a tooth at the moment. It's probably a little bit. I think it's yeah. just gone politically correct. Yes, Kelly Betts. The dentist is so ugly. The only thing she could pull was a tooth. Hey, hey Kelly yeah. did a funny. Kelly, Kelly did a funny. La 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 la. Kelly did a funny. Kelly did a funny. La 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 la. Well hey, done, that was mate. good, Kelly. Thanks, guys. They're welcome. I can't wait for her not to get her voice back, Dennis. Ian, yes? the last tooth I pulled, it pulled out. Here comes the, the buzzkill. You can put it in a little bag to put it under my pillow. Yeah. Ian, they could give the kids, and I put it on my pillow, and the damn thing bit me. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much oh. indeed. Um, the Dennis was That's hoping, nasty, though. I mean, Dennis was hoping to get a Dennis did a funny charm, but I'm afraid I just cannot. I cannot condone that kind of behaviour. Um, oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Not got it wrong once. I mean, no, not yet. Jonathan was all over the place with the phone number yesterday. Did you hear him? He's, he's not very good at maths. <laughs> oh man, alive! You said that, not me. Um, hey, I can no- say that because I'm not very good at maths. Nutella is going to end the world. Have you read this? What are they doing now? I hate Nutella. I li- I like it. I never Mate, buy it. It's not nuts. It's true. And I, and I don't understand this headline. A Nutella Planata. What's a Planata? Chocolate spread Nutella is a threat to the planet, a French politician declared yesterday. Ecology minister... And watch Catherine pick me up for not saying his name properly, like I care about this loser. Ecology minister Ségolène Royal... Ségolène Royal told consumers to stop buying it because it includes palm oil. Kelly, you just missed one there. Oh. I think you got it. Okay. The pr- production of which is linked to deforestation. This is this is causing an internetal internetella crisis. Okay, we're supposed to be at peace with each other in Europe now. Environment minister of Italy, listen to her correct me, Luca Galetti. No, that'll do. Hit I back. think Galetti means biscuits, doesn't it? So Luca's biscuits hit back saying, <laughs> "Leva Italian products alone for dinner tonight. It is a bread with Nutella. You touch my Nutellas, I smash your face." Mm. Anyone who eats that stuff, I mean, you deserve everything you get. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M40, there are long delays into London between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe after an accident earlier. But the diversion is also really busy. The A40 Wycombe Road has, has also been blocked by an accident at Chips Hill involving two vehicles, and so that's been blocked in both directions, and there are long delays from Water End Road. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise at Junction 17 for Maple Cross. And in Hendon on the A1, there are queues building up southbound now approaching Five Ways Corner at the M1 after an accident there earlier and there is lays back from Boreham Woods. On the A41 in Hemel Hempstead, southbound there are queues from the Two Waters Road towards the M25 at Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.16, uh, Thursday the 18th of June, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. Luton Borough Council say a survey about the town will be published in the coming days after criticism that its findings were being covered up. And police in the American state of South Carolina say a gunman has shot dead nine people at a Methodist church in Charleston. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such a minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. How are you settling into your new home? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Um, it's uh, th 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 we're not as technically slick as perhaps we we have been in the past. He said, including himself in that, because it's it's a whole. I, I'm not going to bore you with it, but it's a whole new studio. It's a whole new system, and um, th just things aren't where we're used to them being. And I heard you on the consumer hour yesterday. You couldn't find your horn. No, you couldn't get your horn. horn. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've relocated it now. I'm, You'll be I'm really now. glad. In fact, there were many people came up to me yesterday afternoon to say, thank goodness you found your horn, JVS. Yes. It was a touch-and-go moment. It really was. We nearly had to, to um, scrap the whole consumer hour. <laughs> you've, but you've got it sorted now, have you? Yes. Okay, it's all, good. I'm, I'm back with my horn. Good, good. Fear good. not, ladies what was and gentlemen. What, what consumers... I was listening to the consumer yesterday. As you know, I'm a big fan of it. And, um, oh, um, what, what's, there was one story that really um, got me angry, and I can't think... It wasn't the fridge woman. Um, oh, I can't think what it was. Well, you know what's coming up today? Yeah, go on. on, on during my Consumer Hour, we'll be touching base, of course, with Lynette, the lady who was fined by Bedford oh, Borough yeah, Council yeah, yeah, for yeah, walking yes. her dog off the lead. Yep. Um, today is the deadline. She has to pay. Uh -uh. Well, Nick Freeman, yes. the lawyer known as Mr Loophole, yeah. he was so incensed by this case, he has decided he's going to act for Lynette on a pro bono case. What? He is going to... Uh, you too. What? What's Bono he's, got to do with it? He's not going to get involved, no, is he? Bono. I'm going to make sure she doesn't have to pay the money. She will not have to pay anything, oh. and he's going to uh, he's going to battle on her behalf well, good for him. through the courts, which is fantastic news. I wish but of course, for me. today is the day what's going to happen. Yeah. We'll find out. Aye, From 11 this morning with Lynette. It was the fella with the bonnet of the car. That was the one. Oh, Colin. Yeah, and he's waiting for the delivery from Germany. Oh, and don't. Um, I'm enjoying that one. Yes, I For you? all the wrong reasons, obviously. Right. Uh, you know I like other people's misery. I just I just like it when you get frustrated and you can just hear the, the, the frustration and the sigh in your voice. Oh. Well, do we think this company's actually going to have it? 
Oh, we'll speak to them tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What's on your show at nine, though, boss? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, what's your perception of Luton? I heard you mentioning this earlier. Luton oh, yeah. Borough Council have been accused of withholding the results of a survey about the town's reputation because it didn't like the answers. The perceptions of Luton survey was carried out in October 2013. Mm. And Liberal Democrat councillor David Franks is threatening to make a formal complaint if he isn't given a full explanation of what's going on. Councillor Sean Timoney argues Luton is a vibrant, diverse town with a lot to be proud of and that some negative opinions are based on misconceptions rather than experience. Well, from nine this morning, I'm going to take your calls on this. What is your perception of Luton? Whether you live there, whether you visit there, whether you hardly ever go there apart from when you're jetting off on your holiday, what is your perception of Luton? I'd love your call from nine on our new telephone number 03459 455555. Well done, Jonathan. Well done. Well done indeed. He got it. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, morning, guys. Ian Lee. But it is a new telephone number. 03459 555. Not got it wrong once. Ah, who hasn't got it wrong once? This guy. <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. Um, 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 let me do another one of these when I just... Uh, thank you. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. Ah, here we go. This yep. is Ian Lee. Here we go. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. The government is being urged to scrap the rules which say all state schools must hold a daily act of collective worship. Charles Clark, the former Labour Education Secretary, has called for a change in the way that religion is taught in schools. He says that making all state schools participate in worship, which is predominantly Christian in character, is outdated. I'd love your thoughts on this. 03459 455 555. Uh, I'm joined now by Colin Hart, who's the director of the Christian Institute, and Charles Bailey, the chair of Bedfordshire Humanists. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Uh, Colin, let's start with you. Um, what, do you think that we need collective worship? We need group assemblies? Well, it's very popular with parents. They don't have to... Uh, have their children attend them if they don't want to. Teachers don't have to attend them. Um, but these proposals, it's just one small aspect of a massive programme to take away freedom of church schools, to promote the teaching of humanism in every school in the land, including in church schools, and to stop church schools even appointing Christian teachers. It's a really quite draconian programme that the, the, the Charles Clark has come up with in, in conjunction with the British Humanist Association. Why um, are you against teaching um, a different way of thinking in schools? Well, the problem is that in the time that used to be available for Christianity, uh, say 30 years ago, now you've got something like five religions covered, and it's really very tight on the timetable. And uh, there really isn't... Uh, many schools are squeezing the, the um, timetable periods for RE. And if you're going to extend what's covered, you've got to extend the time. And I'm afraid there's just too much pressure on the curriculum. The other issue is this, that when this was tried before in the 1970s and 80s, you've got things like Marxism and communism coming in as non-theistic lifestyles and beliefs. So... That's the real danger. You're opening up an absolute hornet's nest when you say non-theistic religions could, uh, faiths could be studied. Well, communism's not a faith, though, is it? No, it's beliefs. Could be studied with an RE. Um, then, you know, where do you stop? Why? Um, but why? I don't understand. And Charles, I'll come to you in a second. But I don't understand why you're worried about 
about ideas, about teaching kids that, that, that there are other thought systems and belief systems? Not worried about it at all, as long as there's time. And, but the question is, if you're dealing, if you're having non-theistic beliefs taught, where's the time going to come from on the timetable? What are you not going to teach? I think we're already trying to cover far too much. Uh, the idea of teaching five religions to five-year-olds is just over the top, I think. And, and, and children don't know the basic things about religious belief. Well, that's and why you, they should be taught them in school, surely. Yes, but that they are... They're not, they're not being taught them in schools. If you asked um, what happened on Good Friday, fewer than 40% of children could say what happened on Good Friday, according to Christian belief. What, what but, ages are those children? Well, the, these are school-aged children. And, okay, so, uh, so, so between the ages of, of 5 and, and 16? Well, they, no, they're, 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 they're kids in the secondary age when they've left school, just left school, you know, 18 and that sort of thing. You're asking kids. And basically... Um, there's a real problem. We're trying to cover too much uh, in the attempt to try and be fair to, uh, to absolutely everybody. But, I mean, humanism is a belief. 15,000 people, only 15,000 people in the last census said they were humanists. And they sh their beliefs should be respected, of course, but there's not many people who believe that. How many people were Muslim in the last census? Well, it'd be, it'll be... Um, I don't know what it is. I guess it would be between a million and two million, I guess. OK. So you're happy with, with things like Islam and Sikhism being taught in schools? Well, it is being taught and you're, and you're happy with that? Well, I'm not happy with kids not coming out of school, not knowing the basic facts. And the problem is we try and cram too much in... There really isn't the time for So you're not... I, hang on, I, I just want to get this right before... I know, Charles, I'm going to come to you in a second. Um, so you're, you're unhappy with Islam being taught in schools. You, you'd rather it was no. purely a Christian... No, I didn't say that. I just said... I'm just trying to pin the, down what you are trying to say. We're just trying to do too much. We're just trying to do too much. If you're teaching five religions, right. kids are not really understanding any religion. Well, how many religions uh, would you like to teach? <laughs> well, I think it might depend um, on the area, but I think basically, you know, two or, two or three faiths... Right. You, so which ones doing... would you pick? Well, it would depend on the area, wouldn't it? I, that's another reason I why know. I disagree with the British Humanist Association. They say it should be a national grid for every single area. I don't agree with that. Okay. I think it should vary from place to place. Charles I think Bailey. Every, let every bring, child... Colin, let me bring Charles in. Charles Bailey, chair of the uh, Bedfordshire Humanists. What do you say to, uh, to Colin there? Well, but we, are we talking about the, collective, uh, the, the actual collective worship? I mean, the, the, this is... This is common currency now that, that it should go. The National Governors Association says it should go. Um, John Pritchard, the, uh, the Bishop of Oxford, says it should go because it no longer serves the purpose it was intended. You, you've got to think back to 1944 when uh, both the RE and the um, Active Collective Worship legislation was brought in that uh, it was reasonable then to assume, A, that um, Britain was a Christian country, um, and B, there was then an assumption that morality and religion were much the same thing. Well, we're no longer exclusively a Christian country. The last Social Attitude Survey, 50% uh, of people said they had no religion at all. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean so, to say they're humanists, does it? And, and, they're, and not, the, they're not humanists. No, in, in the... Um, in the, the, in the revised guidelines for RE, brought out in October uh, 2013, the, the RE Council uh, insisted that um, alongside religions, non-religious worldviews should not only be taught, but should have parity of treatment, because so many people now adhere to them. Uh, I agree with you. Yes, only 15,000 people register as humanists, but again, the RE Council's document says that well, when it's talking about... Um, 
non-religious worldviews specifies humanism as the most clearly articulated and fully worked out of of, of such worldviews. Um, and, and so the, the, and, and the DFE asked the BHA, the, the British Humanist Association, to produce a module um, for the revised GCSE, and, uh, which would uh, give humanism as an option, because, uh, as you no doubt aware, the, uh, the guidelines now say for the new GCSEs, two belief systems must be studied. And there was no reason at all why one of those shouldn't be humanism. Um, the entire governing body of the RE Council wrote to the DFE and said humanism must be included. There was a letter from something like 100 um, academics, philosophers, educationists, theologians, saying that humanism should be covered. But, hey, okay. they're just experts. What do they know? Uh, there was then a letter to the DFE from, uh, from um, among others, signed by 50 people. Okay, so, so lots by, of people have suggested... I, I, by the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, all insisting uh, Nicky, um, Nicky Morgan, the, the, the um, Secretary of State for Education, who by her own account came into politics to hear the word of God and to do the Lord's work, uh, said, no, I'm having right. nothing to do with Charles, it to Nick Gibb. Charles, um, Charles Collins, listen, no, listen, I've got, I've, got, I've got to interrupt. I've got to interrupt. Listen, we, we have to go to the travel and do some business. Are you both OK to stick around for another five minutes? Yeah, sure. Five, five minutes, yeah. Collins, yeah. thank you very much indeed. Yeah. Right, let's, um, let's get a little bit of this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are some serious problems on the M40, so towards London there was the accident earlier between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. That is very slow, but there's also been two separate accidents now on the M40 northbound at Junction 3 for the High Wycombe East and the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout, so that's partially blocking the road and causing delays. The diversion for the problems on the M40 London Road has been the A40 at Wycombe Road, but there has been an accident there at Chips Hill, so that's causing delays in both directions. And on the A1 southbound, there have been queues there this morning approaching five ways corner at the junction two for the m1 but they have now cleared so that should be starting to move so again now on the a1 it's busy southbound from the st neots junction towards the black cat roundabout on the speed sensors samantha bruff bbc three counties radio across beds hearts and bugs this is bbc three counties radio It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. Nine people have been killed in a shooting inside a historic African-American church in the American city of Charleston in South Carolina. And a 33-year-old lorry driver has been jailed for over five years for causing death by dangerous driving just 17 days after the collision on the M1 in Buckinghamshire in which a man died. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers achieved their highest ever one-day run chase to beat New Zealand by seven wickets at Trent Bridge last night and levelled the series at two all. England reached their target of 350 in only 44 overs, with centuries for captain Owen Morgan and for Joe Root. Former England bowler Graham Swan was shocked by the performance. When New Zealand set them 350 to win, I thought they had a chance, albeit a slim one. But I was thinking in the old-fashioned England method, I was thinking of the England team of six months ago, a year ago. This new England side, with their belief and laissez-faire attitude, if you like, have absolutely won it. A canter six overs to spare, chasing 350. I mean, that is unheard of, especially in this country. 
England have qualified for the second round of the Women's World Cup after a 2-1 win over Colombia with first-half goals from Karen Carney and Farah Williams. They'll face Norway in the second round. Wickham striker Stephen Craig is leaving Adams Park after a two-year spell. The 34-year-old made 36 appearances last season, scoring in the playoff semi-final victory at Plymouth before featuring as a substitute in the final at Wembley. Mo Farah is facing allegations in the Daily Mail that he missed two drugs tests in the run-up to the London Olympics. The athlete told UK anti-doping agency officials that he missed one of the tests because he didn't hear his doorbell when testers visited his home. More from the BBC Sports editor Dan Rowan. The Daily Mail says that Farah's first missed test appears to have occurred several months before the double Olympic champion teamed up with Salazar in early 2011. They report the second happened after that but that the athlete appealed to the UK Anti-Doping Agency explaining that he did not hear his doorbell when testers visited his home. Now, Farrah's currently training in France and he wasn't available for comment. The US Open golf starts today at Chambers Bay, just outside Seattle. And Andy Murray plays Spain's Fernando Vadasco in the Queen's Club tournament today. French Open champion Stan Wawrinka was knocked out yesterday. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This okay. is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm enjoying this. So we're talking about um, the government being urged to scrap the rules which say all state schools must hold a daily act of collective worship. Uh, I've got Colin Hart, the director of the Christian Institute, and Charles Bailey, the chair of the Bedfordshire Humanists. Thank you very much for sticking around a little bit longer. Uh, Colin, the, 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 the RE to one side, the act of collective worship, it, it, it's an outdated concept in schools, isn't it? Well, it's very popular with parents. and it, Why is it popular with parents? Well, because they, they think that's something that uh, young people should have the uh, possibility of experiencing. But they could experience that w- uh, at home, couldn't they? They, yes. So if, they, if they're so keen on it, why don't they take their kids to church or mosque or, or wherever on a, on a, at the weekend? Well, that's up to them, isn't it? But, um, but they choose not to, don't they? The, the, the majority of people choose not to, so it can't be that important to them. Well, they choose not to withdraw their children. Their, the rates of withdrawal from school assemblies is extremely low in the country. But, that, um, that, that, but we all know that if you get taken out of a classroom, you are different and you are strange. And there could be a little... Where, where, where have you got the findings that says that parents uh, uh, think it's a good idea for their kids to be in assembly? Well, the last... Um, things like British social attitudes, um, and, and I must admit, I haven't seen... I don't think they've asked the question in recent years, but when right. they, when they did have asked the question, you get someone like uh, 79% are happy with school prayers. Ah, uh, ah, uh, 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 two questions. How long ago was that survey? And well, I don't, I, I'm saying it hasn't been asked uh, within the last 10 years. OK, but, so I mean, it's 10 years, so things have, changed, things have changed a lot in 10 years, and also they're happy with it. It doesn't mean... You, you, it doesn't mean it's a great idea... Yeah, but I don't. I don't think a minority. It would be a minority of parents now at all. Oh, I, I don't know. But we don't know. We, we, we're guessing, aren't we? And to, to say that yeah. they're happy with it, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you're. Well, I mean, if they were unhappy, presumably they would draw in large numbers. I mean, a huge volume. Well, again, again, you're I, just to, just to clarify, Colin, because we're, we're a stickler for um, statistics and, and, and analysing them. Not withdrawing their children from collective assembly does not mean that they um, approve of it. Yeah, but I mean, it's hardly, hardly your your idea is hardly getting great great support by the fact that the numbers who withdraw are so small. If it was such, not, a, not my idea. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just challenging yeah. the facts. But, mean, but were, the, 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 the lack of people withdrawing does not mean that they approve of it. Yeah, but look, hang on. If there was a masses of people who uh, 
did not want this, it wouldn't happen, would it? I mean, because not necessarily. No, 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 no. Your 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 um, argument is based really? on a weak premise. Yeah. Well, really, I don't think so. Well, I yeah. Mean, the, the fact is, there are large, there are very large. That is very common in primary schools. It doesn't happen. It might happen only once or twice in the ordinary uh, secondary school, but it's ex- twenty thousand primary schools. It's very common. And, uh, yeah, I know, and, and this new—that's uh, because well, that's because it's compulsory. Th- this this um, change would would make it not compulsory. But I suppose the and choice has to be great, doesn't whether it? Whether you whether you see we we want to move to a completely secular education. That's not what this is saying at all. Well, I think it is. I think the whole package of RE would still be taught, uh, and in yeah, fact, they no. they teach more. Th- I, you know, I, no, no, hang on. The, you, you ha- the the full plans include no right to take your kids outside the new plans of RE. So humanism would be taught were any right not to hear it. Really confused, Colin, with this. You keep bringing up humanism. Um, Is it just because we have a humanist guest on, or do you have a real beef with humanism? Of course it is. Okay, so you haven't got a real problem with humanism then, in itself? I'm just saying, saying, ironically... I would love my kids to be taught humanism. They don't want the right to have their kids... They want to end the right of parents having a a withdrawal from RE. good. It's really important that, that well, it's good. Why are you arguing oh, really? against? So why 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 then are you against why then are you against assemblies where there is a right withdrawal? Then I, I don't see the logic in your. No, I, the the logic is great because um, I, I wouldn't want to withdraw my kids from maths. I wouldn't want the right to withdraw my kids from English because they are reading a book they didn't like, and I wouldn't want my kids to. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't but want to withdraw so... my. Hang on a second, you've asked the question. I wouldn't want the right to people have to have the right to withdraw their kids from a lesson where they learn about their friends, their neighbours, people all around the world, and other ways of thinking. Yeah, but this is a very, very sensitive issue, mm. and schools can, even good schools can get it wrong. So yeah. there should be that, that, that right. Well, good schools uh, can get maths wrong. I, you know, it's, well, they can, but why I mean, are you... if you're talking about somebody's faith, which is about the whole of their life and their community and everything like that, I just think there has to be that backstop. I think that is important. That's important for people who don't have any So you, you, you want it to be compulsory um, no, it's religious... Not compulsory. No, that's the point. Okay, you want you want schools to be compulsed, if that's a word, to uh, to have um, uh, compelled. Thank you to um, uh, have uh, the, the worship, group worship. But you also want parents to have the right to withdraw their kids from RE. What are you that's scared of? And I agree with the law. Yeah. What are you scared of? I'm not scared of anything. I'm then why saying... why don't you want kids to learn about humanism or atheism or, or Sikhism okay, or, or all the of these time things? Where's going to come from? Where's the time going to come? Just supposing from? that supposing. Look. Is time your only issue? But look, listen, there are far more Marxists in the world than there are humanists. There's only 15,000. I'm sure there are many more Marxists in this country than humanists. But again, you're guessing. Why aren't we teaching that? Well, exactly, why aren't we teaching that? Why aren't we teaching different ways of thinking? Yeah, but you'd have... What subjects are you going to scrap on the... No, but but, but is time your only issue with it? Supposing that time wasn't an issue, would you be okay teaching humanism? I think... There is a problem because then you have to look as if you're going to teach non-theistic beliefs, what's the criteria? And if it was on coherence, uh, then there are many other candidates. I mean, climate change is a coherent no, belief. No, 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 no. Come on. Now, Colin, now, come on. Now you're being well, silly. Well, t- teaching, climate, cl- teaching climate change in Ari. Come on. You realise that's a silly but argument. What's things, religious education? Why are we what's, teaching things that are not religions? What's your fear? Education. What's your fear about humanism? You keep comparing it to Marxism. What's your fear of humanism? No, I'm not. I'm not comparing it to Marxism. I'm just oh. saying it's a, Marxism is an equally coherent belief system. I don't agree with it, 
But that is what was going on in the 1970s and 80s when they were teaching non-theistic beliefs. So, but we doesn't. But we don't have to follow. We don't have to follow the flawed patterns of the 70s. We, we, we can improve on things from the past. Charles, you, you, from the, the, the Bedfordshire Humanist, your, your thoughts, please. Oh, God, where do I start? Um, first of all, <laughs> the, 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 the Marxism thing is, is a complete red herring because Marxism is, is a, an economic and, and political system. Um, it, it's not a, the, the, the kind of... And the, the, the phrase is um, comprehensive and philosophically coherent worldview, um, which, which humanism is, it's thoroughly worked out, it has a tradition going back um, probably 150 years, um, and, and in fact has antecedents way, way back in the classical world and in the Renaissance. Um, so it, it, it's not a new thing by any means. Uh, and it, 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 there's a very substantial corpus of literature. What it doesn't have, have, of course, is scripture, it doesn't have dogma, it's just a way of a way of looking at the world, a way of examining our lives. Um, so it, it's it's a technique, it's it's a way of living, not not a uh, a, a, a set of dogmas. Um, but I, I I think where things are getting confused here is what we think RE is for. In the 1944 Act, it was set up, as I said before, um, the assumption was that morality and religion were much the same thing, and the um, uh, teaching children scripture was equivalent to teaching them the difference between right and wrong. Mm. I think Nicky Morgan still believes that, but um, very few people uh, think that you can't be good without God these days. That, that, that's an idea that's gone. And, and that, in fact, the moral authority of religions has taken a real hammering. If you think about clerical abuse of, uh, of children, if you think about mass murder in the name of Allah in, in um, Syria and Iraq, um, then uh, people begin to question wh- whether religion does in fact have all the moral answers. Now, uh, uh, what humanism says is primarily you listen to your conscience, uh, and, and it's, it's a highly complex thing, a highly personal thing, uh, and it can't be hijacked by anybody else. So there isn't such a thing in the humanist view as, for example, the Catholic conscience. Mm. Um, so, um, but but um, what we've moved on to now, and, and this is what is implicit in all the documentation of RRE now, is that it has, broadly speaking, three purposes. One is, if you come from a religious background at home, it helps you to see what you won't get taught at home. It helps you to see it in the context of other ways of looking at the world. Listen, gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to interrupt there. I, I've kept you longer than we said we would, and I appreciate that. Charles Bailey was the last voice there, the chair of the Bedfordshire Humanists, uh, and Colin Hart, the director of the Christian Institute. Oh, I enjoyed that. Uh, do you know what we've had the last couple of days? We've had uh, things where we've had to... It's exercised my brain ever so slightly. And I've really had to think, uh, and I like that. And I think that's kind of why it's nice... It's why I personally think that humanism should be taught in schools because it gets you thinking. And atheism and Sikhism and Islam and Judaism and, um, you know, Buddhism and some of the smaller ones, you know, Shintoism, all of these, you know, I just think that it's kind of, um, I want my kids to have all of the options and hopefully I will fill in the blanks that they don't get from school, but I want them to have all of the options available so that they can find the one or the ones that work for them. I agree, and I think it's too easy to say, oh, well, I'm not into religion, it's all, you know, it's all nonsense anyway. Hang on a minute, this is about 
a belief system of people and the way it's been constructed is interesting, it's isn't people, it? people, guys. Let's just talk to each well, other. Well, I was trying to avoid saying that. I, I also want my kids to learn about Marxism yeah. and communism because I don't really know what Marxism well, is. And why Marxism and communism try to do away with religion. I mean, that's another thing, isn't it? I mean, the control of the people is what Marxism and communism would talk about. And, you know, they got quite controlling towards the it's end, It's people, they? guys. It's people. Oh, Let's you, just talk. Isn't it? You really are. Isn't it, though? Massive. I don't know what Marxism is. You know, I just know it's a dirty word that you throw around and it's a bit trendy in, in um, with some of my socialist friends at school to, to talk about Marxism. And, and, you know, I don't know. I know that people will say that Marxism was quite a pure thing and communism kind of ruined it. Here's... Oh, communism ruined Marxism. I'm it glad did, they split up. Um, I just don't understand... Uh, Colin's argument it was really interesting. The time thing, I think, I, was I a thought, misnomer. Yeah. Uh, misnomer, is that the right word? No, but carry on. Misdemeanour. Little Miss Sunshine. Herring. Thank you. It was a MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, it was a Carol MacGuffin. Um, the time thing was the thing... I, I, it sounded to me... I could have spoke again. We've had some really good guests the last couple of days. I could have spoken to those guys all morning. It sounded like he was afraid of ideas and thoughts and different ways of thinking, and that's what makes different ways of thinking exciting. It sounded to me like he thought his religion was under threat by yeah. the introduction of different ideas. We're making that up, Colin. If, we've, if we're presenting the wrong, wrong image, I do apologise. We'll, we'll um, we get get you back on at some point because I uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. You can give us a call: oh three four five nine four double five five double five. I'm saying it fast now to show off. <laughs> Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M14 northbound has been partially blocked between Junction 3 for High Wycombe East and Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout. So that's because of two accidents there on the roundabout. One has been moved to the hard shoulder, but the other one is still causing a partial blockage in the road, causing some delays. The M40 towards London is still really slow too, between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe after an accident earlier this morning. And people are using the A40 to divert, but that's also being blocked in both directions at Chips Hill by an accident with delays from Water End Road. On the A505 in Stanbridge, that's been partially blocked by an overturned car at Station Road. And in Hemel Hempstead on the A41, it's looking busy southbound from the Two Waters Road towards the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Thanks, Sammy. Boom, boom. Thank you, Sammy. Boom, that, boom, 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 boom. Thank you, Sammy. Eight forty-six. It's Thursday, the eighteenth of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man has been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in London, in which the Bedfordshire University graduate lost her baby. Nine people have been killed in a shooting inside an historic African-American church in the city of Charleston in South Carolina. And Luton Borough Council says a survey about the town will be published in the coming days after criticism that its findings were being covered up. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's feeling a bit less humid, a bit less close than it did yesterday. The air's fresher, but there's lots of sunshine around. Temperatures won't be quite as high as yesterday, but uh, the plus side, there'll be lots and lots of sunshine around, so that will last for much of the rest of the day. There's a bit of cloud dotted around at the moment, um, so more like long sunny spells at the moment, but I think that cloud will gradually break up. Now, we're looking at highs of around 20, 21 degrees Celsius in many areas. Some spots even as high as 22 or 23 Celsius. Uh, just the light north 
southwesterly breeze. Just be aware that we've got uh, high UV levels and very high pollen levels through today. Uh, sunshine lasting on into the evening for many of us. And then overnight tonight, we'll see lows of 11 or 12 degrees, staying dry, nothing much to report really overnight. And then into tomorrow, quite a sunny start to the day for many of us, particularly towards um, southern areas of the three counties. Towards the north, we'll start to see the cloud increasing, I think, through the course of the morning, thickening maybe into the afternoon, but staying dry all day. Temperatures up to 19 or 20 degrees Celsius. Certainly some sunny spells hanging on here and there, but not quite as sunny as today. Over the weekend, we might just catch one or two very light showers on Saturday, and there will be a bit more in the way of cloud, but mostly dry, and uh, there will be some sunny spells, some brighter spells at times too. It's all looking good for the next few days, but the best of the sunshine will be today. That's the forecast. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, Texas, can we go to Texas, please? Are you sure? Oh, hang on a second, hang on a second. Can we, can we, oh look. You got a text. Yeah. Shell says, I believe that about learning in other religions at school made me the non-racist I am today. Friends from every continent, every race, people are people, wherever they come from. But I'm not a humanist, I'm a Jewish lady with compassion, says Shell. Um, I'd rather my kids learn about science than the scribblings of some Bronze Age goat herders who didn't know where the sun went at night, says Ian. Who's the one from Tony? <laughs> I'm a Marxist. My favourite is Groucho. Ladies thank you very much indeed. What was now? Someone I saw a text having a pop at us um, because oh, about Luton sign. The Luton sign. Go on, read well, it out. You must have missed a bit where we didn't do that. Yeah, re- read it out and then we'll pwn them. Something that bothered me recently was how you covered the Welcome to Luton sign. Thank this you. is talking about this perceptions of Luton survey. And also the Welcome to Luton sign, it's got a wonky um, M, M yeah, isn't yeah. It? and it looks awful. The reason we're talking about this is the uh, perceptions of Luton survey was done two years ago. They still haven't released it. There are some people who suggest that it's because they didn't get the response that they wanted. They're trying to find out what the reputation of Luton is elsewhere. And the suggestion is that the council got quite a lot of nasty responses and they're not, uh, they don't want to release them. Anyway, right, something that down. bothered Steve... He says in his text was how you covered the welcome to Luton sign. You never yeah. mentioned the big improvement to the road that gives me twenty minutes extra with my children each night. The perceptions of Luton can only improve if the media focus on the positive. Well, Steve, his, the perceptions of Luton can only improve if you listen to what I actually say. Maybe you're not referring to us, and if that's the case, then that's fine. But um, uh, I did say that that new road was a massive improvement and was a work of. Uh, I, well, I didn't use this word, but I implied it was a work of genius because it's 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 a marvel. Uh, I did say that. And the thing is, I mean, how many times do I have to... I know that, that listeners to this show, that they flick on and they flick off. It's a breakfast show. I believe the average listening time is something like 25 minutes. I don't know. How many times do I have to keep repeating? Yeah, we said it was good. You missed that bit. Next. We said it was good, but it's got a wonky M. Here's the thing. Stop blaming the media for everything. You know, that it's not the media's fault that people think, outside of Luton, that Luton, you know, is, is a bit crummy. Also, we're not always going to focus on the positives. We're not always going to focus on the negatives. We're certainly not going to read out press releases. Focus so. on that. <laughs> Um, Irene. Good night, Irene. <laughs> no, not yet. I would. I know, but wouldn't that be? Wouldn't it be lovely? Wouldn't it be oh, nice? That shows your age. Wouldn't it be lovely for me for us to say that and then in, a few hours later say good morning, Irene? What? Say it to me. Oh, yeah. well, you better come over here without oh. without ever having left the the, the room. <laughs> Irene, no. naughty little pup. What have you got for us, Irene? <laughs> um, I, I feel with the topic, the topic you just been doing. Oh, yeah. regarding the religion and school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is purely my feeling. Okay. Here we go. Uh, what I was brought up with um, was assembly. Yeah. Um, I liked it personally. I felt it was the food for the day. Um, and I don't mean food that you eat. Soul food. Yeah. Jerk chicken. 
Um, because we had, um, when, when we got into school, we, had, we went into the hall, there was our teachers, there was our headmaster or mistress. Um, there was some music, um, obviously out of him. We had uh, a structure of what we were going to do that day, yep. what lessons they were. We, I come away and I always enjoyed it. I loved, I was good on RE. I did an exam on that. Oh. Um, also, so did my children. They like it. And I think, it, yes, oh. it is a individual thing, but yeah. I do think Why not? Because I'll, I'll be honest. Well, it's interesting you say that, Irene, and I appreciate that. I, I, I'm trying to remember back to um, uh, my religious assemblies. You're a bit younger. May God bless you. Um, I'm catching you up fast, though, faster than I'd like. I, my religious assemblies, I generally found a little bit, um, uh, a bit dull. Well, I, but I liked the act of assembly. I liked everyone going into the hall at the same time. So, so why not have the assemblies, but just remove the religious element from it? Well, the, the, the thing is, so many things have been changed, like... Shops open at Christmas. Oh, I don't like shops that. Shops open Easter. No, I don't like that. No, you, you I can don't. go to the shops once. One children. Christmas, one Christmas, Irene. Sorry to interrupt. Right, I yeah. forgot to defrost the turkey. Right on Christmas Day, I was cooking yeah. the turkey. I forgot to defrost the turkey. I was able to go to a shop and buy one on Christmas Day. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, this, it was a this chicken. Is don't tell me, Mum. But apart from that, I mean, I've got grandchildren. Yeah. One of my grand, my granddaughter, obviously, she knows what. Uh, School. She, she goes to preschool and they do yeah. their little tiny things with a book, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've got friends, I've got young children, and uh, you ask them what Easter is. Oh, it's eggs. You ask them, oh, it could be Christmas. Oh, presents. Yeah. You know, that's all they know. They don't know, and I don't want to think that people have to drum it in their brain, but I think But that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. I think they should have that knowledge. I'm not religious, but my boys know what Easter is. When they get older, then they choose to do, unfortunately, not to go the wrong way into the jihads and whatever. (laughs) But, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't want to see children going that way. I don't want to see anyone going to the jihads. Although they're first two albums. I think they need some sort of um, start in life. But, 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 again, another argument is, and I've heard this, uh, let me nick a line from uh, James O'Brien, one of my favourite broadcasters. You know, surely the the point of all religion is to be, as Bill and Ted would say, be excellent to each other. And you can learn that lesson of being nice and helping people and stuff without the religious aspect of it can't you it's just don't kill people don't be horrible to people and try and help out when you can that's religion isn't it yeah but some unfortunately some parents and this is just a few yeah are really um have issues yeah 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 children are concerned as you probably know you're not stupid thank you um and i do feel that this is sad yeah so i mean i i go to church myself always have done always will um, I know there's good things, I know there's bad things, there's bad things in the world, but then that's what's going to happen, isn't it? Irene, listen, I'm going to move on. I really appreciate your call, my love. Take care. OK, darling. Ta-ta, take bye-bye. Care. There we go. Oh, three, four, five, nine. Four, double, five. Five, double, five is the telephone number. Texas? Yeah. Helen Milton Keane says the act of collective worship provides children from different faith or no faith backgrounds to join together once a day. This opens them up to consider the views of others. Ian... No, it doesn't. Hang on. 
It doesn't. Let's just deal with that point first. All right, go on. Let's read that again because she's wrong. The act of collective worship provides children from different faiths or no faith backgrounds to join together once a day. Carry the next bit. This opens them up to consider the views of others. No, it doesn't. Because it doesn't. Because it's the assembly, by the law at the moment, is, has to be Christian-based. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. It, it, it opens up others to sit in a room hearing about Christianity for 35 minutes. But but where is the openness about um, Sikhism or, or Islam or um, atheism? or it, it, it doesn't. It's very, very narrowly focused. Continue. Ian. Hello. If you want your children to learn humanism, why don't you take your children to a humanist gathering as you suggest parents... Parents should do for church services. Um, well, well, no, I, I, I probably won't do that, but I'll certainly talk to them about it once mm. I've once I've read up on it. Because I don't know much about it because I wasn't taught about it at school. But but what I don't know what what is she saying that, that Islam shouldn't be taught in, talk, taught in schools? I and think she seems to be under the impression that there's a broad gamut um, no. discussed in these assemblies, but I don't think there is. It's like those um, it's, it's like those parents that say, "Well, I'm not allowing my there's a da- there's a school trip to a mosque." Ah uh, ah uh, ah! Uh. What was it? What was the argument from one of the mums in the papers last a couple of weeks ago? She didn't want them open to extremism, she didn't, and she didn't want them to get blown up. Oh yes, didn't want them to get blown up in a mosque you know in who, in Gloucester, I think it was. Yeah. You know who needs that trip most of all? That the mum. mother. Steph's on the line. Morning, Steph. Steph's on. Steph, you there? Steph. 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 I've got a mouthful of sausage. She's busy. Uh, Let's try her again on a different fader because I think we've got a problem with that one for some reason. I'll give you a problem with that one. Hang on. Steph. 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 No, she's not. Okay, Steph's gone. Listen. Hey, listen, man. I mean, we like talking to Steph. That's that's fine. Each to them their own self. By be true. Mm. Any more taxes? Tim in Milton Keynes has got an idea. Yeah. Why not have a thought for the day like Radio If you, if you love that idea so much, why don't you go marry it, Tim? I'm so sorry. That was completely out of character. Well, no. Hold on to that thought. Okay. This might be... Oh. Tim in Milton Keynes. Why not have a thought for the day like Radio 4? This is boring. Different ideas from different backgrounds. The best... The, the worst bit of the Terry Wogan radio show, and I'm assuming Chris Evans has dropped this, the worst bit is when they would uh, hawk here. And now we've got uh, the right royal father, um, McCarthy, to talk about. Did you have a good day coming in? Well, tell us about that. Well, thank you, Terry. Yes, well, as I was um, on the toilet this morning, (laughs) I thought how um, doing a number two is like um, you loving Jesus. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Or and in we, a funny sort of way, that's no, what Jesus taught now us. Now we've got uh, a local imam coming in to talk to us about uh, his... Uh, well, I won't do the voice. Well, thanks, Terry. Um, interesting enough, being a Muslim is a bit like um, uh, wearing a wig. You know, they do but that kind of stuff. Saying that, I did have my favourite one. There was a, 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 a Scottish Hindu, and he was a Hindude. He was quite cool. And I really liked him, but I would have listened to him talk about anything. Yeah, that's... Um... That's what I say. Well, we managed to we managed to fill. That was. Uh... I wonder what happened to Steph. I'm a bit worried about her now. Hang on a second. Let's, we've got time for this. Uh, dried potato waffles. They're waffly versatile. They go with chips, fish fingers. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
The M40 has been partially blocked northbound at Junction 3 for High Wycombe East towards Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout after two separate accidents. They've just been moved to the hard shoulder so things should start moving there soon. And the M40 towards London still has delays from Junction 5 for Stoke and Church to 4 for High Wycombe. All the lanes there are open again too but it's still looking very busy. Also nearby on the A40 in both directions at Chips Hill there was an accident earlier and we've had reports that it is blocked and it is looking very slow in both directions on the speed sensors. On, in Stanbridge on the A505 there was a, a car's overturned at Station Road so that's causing it to be slow there in both directions between Dunstable and Leighton Buzzard and in Bedmond on the High Street there are queues at Tom's Lane from Bedmond Road and Bunkers Lane that's because of the roadworks. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Right guys... That's it. That's your lot. We're about to record uh, the links for the podcast. Podcast, you say? Yeah, go to iTunes, type in Ian Lee. It pops up. Have some of that. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, what's your perception of Luton? Luton Borough Council have been accused of withholding the results of a survey about the town's reputation because it didn't like the answers. The Perceptions of Luton survey was carried out in October 2013, and Liberal Democrat Councillor David Franks is threatening to make a formal complaint if he isn't given a full explanation of what's going on. Councillor Sean Timoney argues Luton is a vibrant, diverse town with a lot to be proud of and that some negative opinions are based on misconceptions rather than experience. Well, this morning I want to hear from you. What is your perception of Luton? Pick up the phone, give me a call now. 03459 455 555. You can text me on 81333, starting your text with 3CR. What is your perception of Luton? Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second. But first, let's get the latest BBC News at one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, man charged with attack on pregnant Bedfordshire graduate, lorry driver jailed just 17 days after M1 death crash, and council say Luton's survey will be published within days. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man's been charged over an attack on a heavily pregnant woman in which she lost her baby. The 21-year-old victim, named in reports as Bedfordshire University graduate Mallory Bantala, was set upon near her home in South London. More from Nick Qureshi. She was 32 weeks pregnant and despite being in intensive care, she had been able to give police a description of her attackers. Now, police arrested a man yesterday and overnight they charged 20-year-old Kevin Wilson from Bermondsey with child destruction and grievous bodily harm with intent and he's due before Camberwell magistrates in London this morning. A 33-year-old lorry driver has been jailed for over five years for causing death by dangerous driving just 17 days after the collision on the M1 in Buckinghamshire in which a man died. Michael Eady from Northampton admitted he'd taken antidepressants 